And welcome in. It is Jobbing Out, episode number 64. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and live at Seamus' house. The main event. Vent. Vent. AJ Francis Vent. of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, everything good down there, pal? Yeah, everything's great. Just got out of practice. Um, it humid down there yet? or? <laughs> What'd you say? I said, is it humid down there yet? You, you uh, to die come from on, heat dude. Yet? It's Florida. Yeah, it well, just sucks. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's always humid down there. Right? It's it's humidity in old people and nothing yep, else. Pretty much. That's Tampa for you. And strip clubs. Right, and strip clubs. Like, you know how you say, is John Cena in the match? Is it not November, December, January? Is it not December or January? Yeah. How are you going to get yourself booked onto Total Bellas is the question. Because they're definitely taping that in Tampa. Um, I'm probably just going to stalk them and figure out, That's get the, away down there. That's the smartest thing you could do. That's yep. definitely the smartest thing you could do. Have you stolen anything yet from uh, Seamus' house? Well, no, not no, yet. You need to admit it I'm, off the air, not oh, on right, the air. Right, Come yeah, on, Glenn. Uh, sorry, right. my fault, my fault. I'm my casing fault. the joint for the first time. No, yeah, weeks. you keep looking until, have we gotten any response from Seamus whatsoever on social media? Because we did go kind of hard with the fact that, that you were at his house. Yeah, I was shocked that he didn't even like look into it. Yeah, like not concerned, like he, not he, remotely. He was apparently down there like last week or something. I feel like he didn't bother I, to stop by and see the house. <laughs> Make sure yeah, nothing's nah, he going yet. Apartment, so he's just chilling. No doubt about that. All right, later on in today's show, we are going to we will get into the um, the big sort of nerdy wrestling conversation of the week, which is the match from uh, New Japan uh, between uh, Ricochet and Will Ospreay, which was. Wild, but we'll we'll save it. We'll discuss that uh, coming up in segment number two. Shane Helms is going to join us later on in the show. Well, he's going to join Aaron and I. Uh, AJ's practice schedule is just effed, so we're going to Aaron and I are going to talk to Shane Helms about that match, about you know, you know, kind of wrestling in general, what's going on in TNA, which is where he is these days. And I'm sure Aaron's going to nerd out about uh, hurricane related things because Aaron is a nerd about hurricane related things. Who isn't a nerd? This about is hurricane a related thing. Yeah, well, I, everyone should be a nerd about look, the We all enjoyed it. No one enjoyed it as much as you did. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, you. That's I'm pretty sure you thought you were the hurricane. I, let, let me be clear. I like at, everything at Shane Holmes has done. Aaron let, wore a hurricane okay, That shirt. is a factual. But let, let's be very clear. Shane Helms was great in three count. Shane Helms I'm was not great as Gregory Helms. Shane Helms isn't great. I'm just saying. I just, I'm just saying. Shane Helms is awesome. Right, well, we'll <laughs> let's, talk to let's, him let's later. Be on very clear show. about that. Uh, also, we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, bucket lists after uh, Cody Rhodes sort of tantalized the internet's this week with his own bucket list. We're gonna talk about our bucket lists as wrestling fans. In our top five segment, that is all to come on this week's show. Oh, by the way, before we get into uh, what was an eventful Raw, uh, AJ, you were getting a lot of shit from uh, listeners this week, man. Like, they're going after you. Yeah, I, I don't really understand why, because I follow the rules that I'm a bad guy. You're, you're turning heel. You're, I, you just, <laughs> I, as I've said a million times, if anybody would want to shit on AJ, I am the guy. But I am actually signing. Hey, I didn't. I didn't put it. In, no, no, I put it out no. There on you the started show. the whole thing. I started, I started out you on did. the show. I did not put it out there on Twitter at all. That was you, solely a you fan. You still movement. started the whole. I, thing. I you're, absolutely did. You're I, an instigating little fuck. Is hey, <laughs> hey, I can't help it. I am charismatic, and fans rally behind oh, me. Oh, is that here. what it is? That is what's happening. No, no you're just an ultimate underdog because you're five foot one. Hey, <laughs> it worked for Daniel Bryan. I'll take it. <laughs> he tried to make himself Captain Charisma there for That's a second. Aaron did. Got my peeps out there. Um, I, again, I stand by. As as much as Aaron is not wrong, and those of you that are pointing out that the, the reasoning for the rules was not necessary this time around, we still created them. Like we we can't pretend like they don't exist. So I am in I am in agreement with AJ on this. 
And I don't think that AJ should have to do shit. That being said, Aaron, we're, we're I mean, almost two weeks into this at this point. It's the, the shirt. You know, we, we said we had to get an Emma shirt and part uh, of it. Uh-huh. The pro, it's on its way. I, they didn't have a WWE shirt, so I had to get it some from, you know, some crazy knockoff right. thing. So right. it's on its way. All right. Also, uh, AJ, did you did your wife ever get the gifts that we sh- that we sent you? Yeah, I, actually, she sent me the picture as soon as we stopped recording last week. Uh, uh, yeah, the Sasha Banks uh, glasses and the legit boss finger I, rings. That is what I sent AJ as a uh, as a. Gra- By the way, I said to you before I thought you were an easy person to shop for for graduation. But, but you have everything. But that's the problem. You had everything, so it was difficult for me to think of things that you didn't have. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I also already had Sasha Banks oh, glasses. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm pissed. Now I don't I'm know pissed. how Aaron didn't tell you this because I didn't. Aaron was there when I bought them. Wait, and when I wore did you? Them when did you buy to them? Mania. Wait, you wore them to Mania? I Way to go, like, asshole! I, I legitimately don't remember. I probably asked them. Aaron about 15 different things that I was about to buy you, and he's like, "No, he's already got." And I also, I also wore them to the night after Mania Raw. Well, I didn't see you the night after Mania. You were doing your own. Way thing, to be so a dick, Aaron! Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. I thought I gotten something. I got AJ something cool that he would like, and as it turns out, it was just something he already had. Well. Technically, the legit boss brings. I couldn't find those, and I did not have those. All right, there you go. go. I feel a little bit better about it. Big rings. A little bit better. All right, let's get into Raw. Um, Something happened. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I feel as though one thing happened. Yeah, (laughs) not not much else because everything else was was all about the Thunder and Warriors. It was a tough week for them with that, with going up against Game Seven. But um, the one thing that happened really happened. let me let me just sort of vomit all my thoughts out, and then we can kind of go around the panel, all right? Here's my thoughts. This is why what happened on Monday night was so great, is because three times I thought I understood what was going on, and I was wrong all three times. It was fantastic. And so because of that, I give them all the credit in the world. Three times. I just knew that it was going to be a – I was excited. I was like, okay, at Money in the Bank, we're going to get John Cena and AJ, AJ Styles versus yep. the other members of the club, but I, Luke but, and Gala. But, but start the whole thing, the whole way through, right? Like, they, they did it all perfectly because when AJ came out, my first sense was – because I told you, Aaron, uh, or when did you and I do the SmackDown or the, the SummerSlam booking without AJ the one week? Is that the way it worked yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. So the one week that a- AJ wasn't here, Aaron and I's top five was top five uh, SummerSlam fantasy or yeah, SummerSlam yeah. fantasy booking. And I said the best thing to do here is Cena AJ. It makes all the sense yep. in the world. It's non-threatening. It keeps Cena away from the title picture, but still gives him something very important. It helps AJ Styles coming out of the Roman Reigns feud. All of it makes sense. So the moment you see, you hear AJ Styles music you, after I, God bless him, uh, the Cena ist of all Cena promos. It was terrible. It was god awful. And that's that's all well and good because it was saved. It was saved over and over again in the span of the next 15 minutes. But the moment that AJ Styles' music came out, I said, perfect. That yep. was my reaction. Yep. Perfect. This is exactly what they should be doing. They should be pointing these two guys against each other. It makes all the sense in the world. It's non-threatening, right? So, like, I think that I know what's going on. Then, oh, the club comes out. Oh, wait a second. Now this makes sense. It's the two of them versus the two of them. Oh, makes sense. right. We were looking for a tag partner yeah, for AJ. Right? Like, we like, oh, maybe Finn does it. Maybe someone else does it. But, yeah. In the moment, I'm not as excited as I was for Cena. But I know I'm getting that eventually. I know that this is a momentary. What they're going to do for one pay-per-view is we'll get Cena and, and Styles against the club. And then, you know, one of them will turn on the other one. And ultimately, we'll get Cena Styles out of it. But that's that's not a bad direction to go. And then you get the double turn, right? And, and it's beautiful. It's perfect. Yep. It's wonderful. It, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. 
it, it makes some logical sense out of what happened at the beginning of the show where you tried to make the club look strong in the process. I, everything about it was really wonderfully done. And it spoke to everybody. You know, him, him saying, I did the, I'm doing this for the world or, you know, whatever the exact line was. Uh, I mean, just everything about the segment was what it should be with AJ Styles. You know, this is AJ Styles' moment, the guy who got asked to take a pay cut in TNA because they didn't feel he was worth it, all of a sudden getting even chance with John Cena in front of a sold-out oh, crowd, oh. and then, you know, just kind of looking towards the crowd and basking it in. Like, that was the moment right there. As that far was as fantastic. important moments in wrestling, like, that moment, Mauro Ranallo even said, oh, that's how you make an impact, hashtag impact. Just a shot at TNA right there. Like, that's what we've been building towards for two and a half years now. AJ Styles say there saying, you know what, I'm not a big fish in a small pond. I can stand here with the biggest guy in wrestling and share the crowd with him. That's who and I am. And not only that, me and Brent were watching when that happened. And when... By the way, we, we should say that's Brent, Brent, Brent like, Grimes. Make, make sure not, every, not everybody knows that Brent Grimes... You know, when you say Brent, it's Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes, your teammate with the Buccaneers. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. You dingleberry. Dude, I mean, so, I, I'm a radio guy, okay? Let me do that for a second, please. I'm not going to try so, to challenge you in Oklahoma, Oklahoma drills. Well, you probably would. Yeah. And just, Aaron would probably say that I, I would win in the Oklahoma drills and then say for some reason I lost. But... <laughs> <laughs> but no, we were sitting there watching it, and Brent goes, "Oh man, how long are they going to do this cheer for?" I was like, "Man, this is crazy." And then we were sitting there, we we're like, "Okay, it's starting to die down." And then it got even louder. We were like, "Dog, it is getting louder right now." It was intense. That was an amazing moment. No, it was it was powerful, man. It was really really powerful. It was, and and it, yeah, I think what Aaron's saying is it spoke to everybody that if you're if you're a, 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 if you just watch Raw, right, and if you're just somebody who likes the biggest stars, if you're not really a wrestling mark, you got John Cena coming back. And you could sense what a big deal this moment was. Wrestling nerds, you know, like me, there's just, just jizz everywhere, you know what I mean? Like, just... how, about, <laughs> how about Cole's call for that? Like, he did a great job selling, like, I can't remember the exact words used, but this is the moment we've been waiting. You know, he said something along those lines. It was just, it was perfect. It was one of those, he's like, okay, Cole, you know, everyone shits on Cole a lot of times for yeah. good reasons. But, you know, in big moments, Cole can no, sometimes was... step up, and he was perfect. Like, everything about that was just perfect. Well, and, and it's funny because I, I saw that you said something on Twitter like, boy, I'm surprised that they did this before halftime. And it's right? so... But what, because of how long it was, how it right, built. If somebody flipped over at halftime of the basketball game, what they saw was John Cena and AJ Styles standing in a ring together. Yeah. And I don't know how many of them stayed afterwards, but I think it accomplished everything mm-hmm. that they could hope to accomplish at halftime of the basketball game, which is get as much of the audience as you possibly can, see what you can give them that might keep them around for a little bit after halftime is over. And it was goddamn compelling, compelling live television. And just like Glenn likes to say, it was goddamn gold. Yes, it was. It was goddamn gold. He's exactly right. It was perfect. And it gives you a whole lot to work with right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because it gives you the... Well, does John Cena look to try to find some some friends to hang out with him? Is there... there's There's a lot, as I always ask for, what am I coming back for next week? And credit to AJ Styles, because he's right now is the performer of the year. At, at, if you made me declare a, a wrestler of the year for this, the, you know, whatever, five and a half, five and a day mark, five month and a day mark of the year, because we're taping this on June 1st, 
It's AJ Styles because the most important things he's been a part of, with maybe the exception of Zane Owens, which has also been, you know, unbelievable at the same time. But at the moment, he has been the performer of the year, and he is giving you must-watch, week-in, week-out type of entertainment. You've got to tune back in next week to see what's next between John Cena and AJ Styles. You know, and th- I think the craziest thing about this is we kind of all assume we know where to go just because we've seen Cena feuds before. But the brand split potentially changes everything. Yeah. Like, we could see a situation where, you know, they're in the midst of the feud, they end up on separate brands, and they don't come back to this until Royal Rumble. They could. I'm not saying they will. Most likely they I, won't. I can't fathom them not doing this through, through SummerSlam. SummerSlam. But I'm saying there's an out for them if they really want to take it. Yeah. It would be it would be an easy way to get um, AJ a win over John Cena. And then not have Cena to never him. gets and to not have that Cena put or, or, over. Yeah, or, or you go one and one. Like normally we go, okay, Cena drops the one, but he gets two or right, three. Right, he gets back. two of the three. Yeah. Um, you know, you could do uh, AJ wins at Money in the Bank, Cena wins at Battleground, and then that's it. And then and then they just get rubber match up. at WrestleMania. Oh, nobody would complain about that. Jesus, somebody would. Yeah, you're right. Well, and that's funny you say that because I, like my assumption, the moment that I see this all unfold is you're gonna have three matches. You have three pay per views. You're gonna get three matches. You know, AJ's gonna be allowed to win one of them, and Cena will get the other two wins. But like I, my response to people that are complaining about that is, I don't think that's the end of the world. I actually think, that, by the way, Kevin Owens has looked pretty good since he got almost the exact same treatment with John Cena. It has worked out for Kevin Owens to get almost essentially the exact same thing. That I don't think it's horrendous if you do three matches here, Cena gets two of them and AJ gets one. I think the value of that one is so much that it, you don't even care about the fact that there's the other two that are out there. And the funniest part of all is idiot wrestling fans, the same guys that boo Roman Reigns, are the same guys that said that Kevin Owens got buried because John Cena beat him right twice out of three matches, and then now Kevin Owens probably is in line. If not Dean Ambrose, he's probably the second favorite to oh, win he, Money I, in the Bank. He's the favorite. I, I think he's got to be the favorite to win Money in the Bank. I'm with you. I, and, you know, but I, but that's it's come from determined booking. That and this is always what we talk about in these things. It, you're it, doing this if you have AJ Styles lose two or three matches to John Cena. It's as bad as whatever you do with him after that point. Right. Because to me, you put him in a position because of the one win over John Cena to, 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 to continue to have him elevated on the card, to continue to have him as a relevant part of the card. I think the question becomes, can he continue to be a heel for three months against John Cena? This is one of the problems that you're going to have is that not every market is like Green Bay and you're going to walk into an awful lot of markets next week where it's going to be overwhelming support for your heel and disdain for your face. And I, but I I feel like yeah but I feel like um, Cena is also like like Roman Reigns has only been around for three years right there's a veteran respect there right yeah, no yeah, I hear you because of that like Cena gets more cheers than I, Roman I, Reigns does from a, grown men I think a lot of you know the the, the dueling chants if, if you listened I think a lot of people were going let's go Cena let's and go let's AJ, go, AJ. I think yeah I think you're right back and forth on it yeah. I think there was a bit of that and I think that what you speak to AJ is is legitimate which is that. There's some level of, because it's John Cena, it's not going to be the same maybe vitriol as it is yeah. for Roman Reigns. It's more like you're kind of playing along. Like, I like singing. Like, uh, frankly, singing suck. John Cena sucks is kind of fun, it, right? It, it's like, become it's, the new you suck for Angle. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So there is some level of that. I, it's it, To me, it's less a question about John Cena and more a question about AJ Styles. Can you keep AJ Styles as a legitimate heel throughout this program with John Cena? Because if you can... 
then I think he comes out of it as a more viable top of the you, – you need really good heels right now. Yeah. You need strong heels. You just don't have a ton of them at the moment now. You know, if Bray Wyatt comes back, what is he, right? Like, there's a lot of questions about... Can Randy about, Orton be a heel? Can Randy Orton be a heel? There's a lot of questions will, about... Will they insist on Rollins being a heel, or will he go to a is, face? Is Chris Jericho staying around right. for... You know, there's a lot of... But I think that AJ Styles could serve a, a significant purpose out of the John Cena program if they can keep him as a legit heel. And I think the club has a lot to do and, with that. And I was going to say, the club is the important part. If you have him feuding with John Cena while the club is running roughshod over the New Day, for instance, it like they sounds are... Pretty, I don't know if I like John Cena and the New Day kind of cross-pollinating. That's a little <laughs> concerning for me, but... I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, it's John good Cena because it's... fantastic. Well, I know, but it's... I, you know how I feel about the WWE you think, you and think what they Ray think... Barrett Worked great with the New Day, and you don't think but John they were Cena heels on, at the time. You know how I feel about what the WWE thinks a face is supposed to be. They talk about Kid Rock when they're talking about faces. They don't know what a face is supposed to be. I'm they sorry. literally, they literally just let New Day make a jizz joke. They did do that two weeks they, ago. Yes. they did do that. That is true. <laughs> they did do that. That is a good point. Although they didn't really know what they were doing with the New Day. All right, let's talk about that segment. Um, you guys owe me an apology. You do. They are effing this uh, brand split up on television. They are effing it well, up. Well, they're effing up the build. To- I, I, I always agree with you. We didn't get the moment. We lost yeah. the moment and, there. And we didn't get anything on television on Monday night. We got stand in the ring and say, we don't know anything. We have nothing to tell you. Whereas Monday night would have been a perfect way to say, yes, we already did the, yeah, sure, we made the announcement on, on, but you needed to tune in on Monday to find out that the draft is going to be this day and here's who's going to be eligible for the draft. And that's, that's the moment that you make your announcement on TV. You have to tune into Raw to find out these details. And they nah, but, shit the bed. But the thing is, they still have two full pay-per-views before that event. Well, one pay-per-view, but yeah. Battlegrounds two weeks after the draft. Okay, so they have a full right, like they're right, building right. some money in the bank right now. They, they got and six when money weeks in the before bank the draft is done. Then they'll be able to work on the brain spit. Okay, but I, all this is all that you're doing is buying more time for the things that you guys were bitching about last week, which is things being leaked on the internet and all of this shit. That you, this is the first time you've come on live TV after your own announcement, and all you did was say, "Here's what people are saying about it on Twitter." That's all you had on your own television show after the most significant announcement that you've made related to the WWE programming in a decade? Well, since the network at the very since, least. Okay, other than the network, fine. You know what I mean? Other than that. That, that. that, to me, is the problem. That, to me, is that you. this hand isn't talking to this hand. The programming isn't in line with the company right now. The company is doing big things, and the programming is not reaping the benefits of it because it, the way it should be. Instead, we get this sort of disjointed segment with Shane and Stephanie. We don't know anything. The New Day, for some reason, suggests a dance-off, which seems like a great idea, and it gets us Shane McMahon dancing, which is all well and good. But that's it. That's all we get out of it. There's nothing else there. There was no reason to tune into that segment. I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I, I had agreed with you last I week just that, don't, that we I lost the moment. I just don't think but. that it's – the brand split is so – it's six weeks from now or five weeks from now. Like, what do you want them to tell you? I want. I, they I, probably don't even know when they're going to do things. They want to know. They. What happens if they make all these announcements, make all these plans, and then John Cena, Cesaro, Roland, and Seth Rollins all get hurt? In the next you you don't have to announce who's going on what show. He just. He just wants. Right. Someone me. is running. 
see, here's here's where where it gets into trouble. Yeah, that's, right. that's the this, point. All of then this, you have to build off of that to the next point. Right now, it's just you know it's coming. We'll talk about it a little bit. It's not that big of a deal. After money in the bank is when you have to build it from that point because it's happening uh, before the next. Here's, well, here's the reason why I don't think you could just lay out everything on my. I think that the segment should have been a lot better because I don't think the segment was very good. But here's the thing: the big question, and everything stum- stems from this question, is who is running Raw? Who is running SmackDown? And you have to do an angle to get there. I'm not worried about that stuff right now. But but that's the most. Everything comes from that. I, I I think a lot of stuff comes from that. I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot that comes from that. But I think there's nothing wrong with saying, here's what's going to happen. We're going to have a draft on this day. And on this day, everyone in the company is eligible for the draft. All they're saying right now is, we don't but, know. But see, right now in storyline, we don't even know that Shane and Stephanie are both. correct. So how do you say you have a draft if we don't even know what the who's, who's running? Thing. Yeah. For then, how do they know anything? That's the point. They that's got, and what that's, they said. And that was in storyline terms. It makes sense to not have any answers because right now, right now in storyline terms, Shane even, and Stephanie could be running Raw and someone I, else could be running. I don't think you can address that. I mean, I don't think you can address that. I think that you can't even touch it. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to do a segment, if your first segment is going to be about this massive news item within your company, you've got to have something for the people that tuned in about that massive news item. This is it is happening. It is out there. You've put it out there. Now you're on television. This is you own it. This is your time. And you're gonna give nothing? Nothing the first time. You think time? they might wanna you think they might wanna wait until the literally everyone I, with that's not a huge wrestling mark is watching something else? Well the the game didn't it. start until nine o'clock. Unless you count the Stanley Cup as being something yeah, that I mean, I, exactly, I, yeah, I don't think that. I, no, I, they, I don't, they don't think, care about. I don't Stanley think they're Cup. concerned that much about the Stanley Cup ratings. I Ra- think the ratings Raw did are, better than the Stanley yeah, Cup. Yeah, correct. Um, I don't okay, think but there's still millions of people. Uh, it's okay. Then, then they can't ever. Then they can't ever do anything on TV. I guarantee you, there's more wrestling fans that are hockey fans than basketball I, fans. Not oh, a chance. No way. No the, way. The sheer numbers no. would tell you you're wrong about that. You're talking about 14 million people on one side and 2 million people on the other side. The, the the number of crossover between the basketball game and Raw is unbelievably no, significant. Who was it? Draymond Green's uh, dad. Oh no, it was watch? Michael. Tom- uh, it was Clay Thompson's Clay dad. Thompson's dad. Clay Thompson's yeah. dad was watching wrestling on Monday night, which is pretty funny. Um, Michael Thompson, who is a broadcaster for the Lakers and used to play for the Lakers. No, I, the, the the Stanley Cup Finals are not the reason why you don't talk about it in the first segment of your show. I mean, the, you, there are events like the Stanley Cup Finals that happen every week. The you Bachelor never, happens. Every yeah, you never do anything. You specifically were worried about the basketball game because that was the event right, that was pulling right. a monster number somewhere else. But that you know that was the problem though with the release when you had built nothing up to it. On screen, or very little up to it on the right. screen up to that point, is that it would be if they had all of those answers, it would be really weird because you haven't built that at all to it. And I'm not saying I need all of the answers, but that that first answer is yeah. the big one, and they haven't gotten There's, to it yet. Well, okay, the, the, you probably should have built this the entire. And, and, you built it the wrong yes, way. Then I, I, is is my response is that this is yours. You own this. It's your thing. You should be the one that gets gets to reap the benefit of it on your Monday night flagship television program. The same night you're bringing back John Cena, by the way. You're supposed to have your biggest audience on that particular night. Anything else that jumped out at you guys from Raw? Uh, Enzo and Cass look good. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like that's synonymous with Raw happened anymore. Like, there was an episode of Raw, Enzo oh, and Cass look oh, good. Oh, how could you not bring up your boy Titus? It looks like he's about to get a U.S. Yeah, title that, that was weird. Yeah, it came <laughs> out of nowhere. Really it's weird. weirder that they're not referencing the fact that he was gone. Like that—that's weirder, right? Like we're all just gonna pretend like Titus didn't get suspended. 
that's weird. Dude. How about Lana completely lo- like going through what, four what accents? I mean, they don't. They didn't acknowledge Randy Orton was suspended when he came back from testing positive. That happens. Did all they the time. really not suspend? Not acknowledge that at all? They didn't just say like he's back once. They no. They did that when he came out. Uh, what match did he come out for? His first match. He got a pretty big pop. Man, I, it was a while ago. I can't remember the exact. Yeah, but they literally yeah. said Titus O'Neil, he's back. All right, all right, literally all right. Okay, then then I missed yeah. that. That's my fault, man. I will accept the blame for that. Um, no, I look. You know, I love Titus. That's my dude. I, you know, I don't. I don't know that I love them trying to reboot the Rusev versus America angle. Like it sort of feels like. We don't know what we're supposed to do here, so let's just do the thing we did but, a year ago. But, but like I said, with the accent, but it works. It, it works, and feels to me they're building toward. And this might be optimistic, me coming out. They're building towards something slightly different with Rusev because I don't think because both him and Lana have Are diff- have switched their accents during yeah. promos lately. I don't think that's a coincidence, and he's just the exact words that they're saying aren't quite the same. It's not so much anti-American as anti-people who aren't Rusev type deal. It's, it's still a lot of look, the anti-American look, I'm, stuff. I'm all for trying to do the Rusev is the greatest U.S. champion. You know, he's a, yeah. great, a great American. I think there's it's it's hilarious. There's yes. great irony to it, right? Like, I think it's a perfect bit to do the Rusev is a great American hero, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's a hilarious yes. bit. I'm all in on it. I just don't want it to be the same... I love. I, I didn't like Titus coming out and doing the, it's Memorial Day, Day. Yeah. I'm American. Like, I want a little bit more depth than... I'm American and you're not. Right. Like, that to me doesn't play. You that, can't represent America if you're not American type deal. Yeah. Like, give me something else. Give me I'm Titus O'Neil and I'm a goddamn great performer and I want a shot at the U.S. title. Not I'm Titus O'Neil, I'm from America, you're not from America, so I hate you. Like, it, that, it really is amazing that Cena didn't come out there. I was, it was just, but it was different though. It, that, that's not really what Titus did. Like you're 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 discounting the fact that it was Memorial Day and he was running down America on Memorial Day. Okay, and as long as that's it's only on Memorial Day, as long as that's the only time they do it, right? Like AJ, I, I'll I'll hear you if they don't go down that road again next Monday. If next Monday there's more okay. depth to it, then but, I'll have no problem. How are you with gonna it. make a, How are you gonna make a claim before it's actually? I think I can say I'm concerned. I think I can say first impression. Yeah, my first impression is it looks like what I saw a year ago. If it ends up not being that, I'm going to probably like it a whole lot more. First of all, I already admitted I love Rusev. I am all on board on Rusev, and you guys know I freaking love Titus. So I'm inclined to like everything about this as long as it doesn't become. This guy's American, this guy's not. As long as you give me anything other than that, which we've already done ad nauseum with this character. As long as I get anything other than that moving forward, I'm going to be good with it. I'm just for a week, it had the look of what we've already seen from Rusev time and time again, and that got stale the first time. That's all. But I, I can I can reserve the right to say a week from now, hey, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. Awesome. 10, 10, 10, 10. You know? I, I reserve that right. You want Ty Dillinger to come out? I do want Ty <laughs> Dillinger to come out, actually. That would be a 10, 10, 10, 10. Is uh, he Canadian? Is he? I actually don't know that. I think he is. I yeah. might be wrong, but I think he is. No, you're probably right, actually. Now, that would be great Maybe. if he came out to represent America. And <laughs> I would kind of love that bit, actually. That would be really wonderful. How great was that, Dean Ambrose? How was Ty Dillinger not billed from Timley Town, Washington, D.C.? That's a great question. 
Ty Dillinger, by the way, is indeed from St. Catharines, Canada. You are correct. Ah, nicely, do I know or do I know? Nicely nice. done, sir. Nicely oh, done. Apparently you can't trust Canadians, according to uh, yeah, Dean well, Ambrose. I mean, everybody knows you can't trust Canadians. That's not just Dean Ambrose. I think that that's a, a widely accepted fact. Uh, anything else? Well, there was the title segment, if we want to, just the raw. It was, but it was there. It was there. It was uh, good. It, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that. That match, they're not lying when they said that's a WrestleMania main event. Sure. And we're I mean, getting it on Money in the Bank. Sure. There's some there's some truth to that. I mean, I think somebody else would say, no, it's not. The WrestleMania main event would also have Dean Ambrose. Like, somebody would just be a nerd. But you're right. It's two massive stars in the company that are going at it at Money in the Bank. And so it, you're right about that. It, it does. Com- it suffers just because we know that it's not ending at Money in the Bank. We almost know for a fact just because of the way they're building well, it. But well, is look, there an argument that the brand split makes us? Not, not in this case, I don't think. I feel like in this case, the way they're building it is they're really slow burning this. Like, they're, you know, they're having them both be tweeners, both, quite frankly, tweeners who lean heel. And that, if, if this was even close to the end, they would be speeding this up along a little bit more. I, just, that's the feeling I get. At Why least. would you think it would be close to the end anyway? Well, you wouldn't necessarily. Well, that's the point. That, that's my right. point. If it was a WrestleMania main event, we would be saying that, hey, this is the big, you know, this is what we're building to. While we know with Money in the Bank, this is not what we're building to. I would. Uh, no, no, I, that's not the point I was making. I was saying that if... Next year at 34, if someone said the main event of WrestleMania oh, yeah. is right. uh, Dean, Am- oh, I'm sorry, 33 is Dean Ambrose. I'm keep saying Dean Ambrose. Seth Rollins is versus, Seth Rollins Roman, versus Roman Reigns. Well, Everybody's these, like, okay, yeah, yeah. But, and these guys are never actually fully going to get away from each other. I think we all know that to be true. I mean, th- these guys won't forever be intertwined with each other's careers. It's just the way that it works. Um, I, I will say this: I think there are people that would say you're doing too much. I, the, the, the idea of having one guy sort of not talk every week is a little bit, it's just a little strange, right? Like, it's a little, last week it was Roman Reigns, didn't talk. This week, Seth Rollins does the weird run to the ring, come back, nothing, you know, the whole time. It's a little bit. JR really criticized that with, uh, I think the words he used was, well, why the hell isn't Roman Reigns leaving the ring? Right now, like if if, yeah, if you really if you really despise the guy, I mean, if you genuinely hate him, you're just gonna let him stand there. Like it's it's a little bit weird. I I think they're going somewhere with it, right? It's like I said, it's a slow burn. I'm willing yeah. to if this is what we have through Money in the Bank, I'm okay with it because I know that's not the end of it. Right, right. This isn't right. This isn't the final. You're saving up for something else. Right. All right. Anything else we need to touch on? I always say that. I think I say that five times, and we always come up with something else that we have to touch on each What time. a great power slam by Goldust on the outside there. Well, if oh, you, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he broke his back. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. This is the, <laughs> this is the terrifying part. Um, yeah, no, nothing. All right. Uh, cool. There we go. Let's yeah. grab a break. When we come back in, uh, there was a, um, it's an interesting event that occurred in professional wrestling. Nowhere near here, in the other side of the world. And it has had ramifications throughout all of professional wrestling. If you're just a WWE fan, you might not know about it. If you're a wrestling fan, you definitely know about it. We're going to talk about the match that everyone is buzzing about next. This is, oh, that's, I'm Glenn, that's Aaron, and that's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jotting Out. An old, and I do mean old, familiar voice is back. Stan the Fan. With the bat around every Saturday, along with Adam Gladstone, we'll look to entertain, inform, and educate our listeners right here on PressBoxOnline.com. Click on the Listen Live button to hear the bat around every Saturday. 
10 to 12. Stan the Fan and Adam Gladstone. Real baseball talk is back. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash StanTheFan to hear the bat around every Saturday from 10 to 12. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is going to be June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue. I sure hope you guys can check it out. The last bouts were incredible, and these are going to be even better. For tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Get your tickets right away. If you want good seats, VIP is where to be. VIP tables of 10 are $500 or $50 a seat. Ringside reserve seats are $35 or $350 a table. General missions are $25, but we run out of them fast. So if you want them, go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. For those about to rock, Thursday, June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie. Baltimore's best boxing. Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com for tickets. Looking for licensed Orioles and Ravens jewelry for the sports fan in your life? Charles Nusenoff and Sons Jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Parkville since 1923. Charles Nusenoff and Sons has provided the Baltimore area with affordable fine jewelry, quality repair workmanship, and a total devotion to customer service. Looking to pop the question? Charles Nusenoff and Sons has designer mountings and certified loose diamonds. Prices that can't be beat for the perfect proposal. Download their new app, the Vow Engagement Ring. Finder for iPhone or Android and search styles, get prices, and even upload a picture of your hand and try rings on virtually. Charles Newson often sons, Orioles, Ravens Jewelry, and the Vow Engagement Ring Finder. Go to CharlesNewsonoff.com or call 410-661-5050. Charles Newson often sons jewelers. 8720 Sater Hill Road in Park. Let's grow old together. Stay in the fan with a baseball word to the wise O's fans in earshot. Why not plan on coming to the next Orioles hangout night at Game Sports Bar? It's a great way to see the O's have some great food and beverages at Game Sports Bar and get to hear Orioles hangout owner Tony Penty and me talk about the hottest O's topics going into that night's game. Here's the deal. Discounted ticket. Free parking at Game Sports Bar's lot at 1400 Warner Avenue right next door to the Horseshoe Casino. Make a plan to come out for the next Orioles hangout night, which is June 17th, Friday against Toronto. Come out 90 minutes before game time. Let's paint the game sports bar orange starting at 530. Visit PressBoxOnline.com slash hangout for details and to get your tickets for Orioles hangout night at game sports bar. Segment number two, it is jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course, the main event. A.J. Francis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is live at Seamus' house in Tampa as he continues through OTAs. How much more OTAs do you have? Um, we got a practice tomorrow, then we're done this week. Then we got four practices next week, but usually coaches don't make you do all four. They'll throw you a bone one day. I don't oh, know if yeah. they will or not, but usually they do. And then we have mini camp the week after that, which is three days, and then we're done. All right. How many? Uh, uh, give me who are the friends that you've made so far down there. Um. Well, I'm, I pretty much hang out with Brent every day uh, because we live together. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Um, Gerald McCoy is really cool. The whole D line is really close group, so I'm cool with all those guys. Um, as far as guys that aren't on the D line, um, really, I haven't really hung. I mean, I haven't hung out with anybody honestly because 
I'm really just down here getting trying to get the playbook. It's, it's a business trip, you would say. Yeah, yeah game face on business yeah, right? trip. It's, it's, this is all, all those cliches, right? No, no doubt about that. All right, let's uh, let's get into this. So, I don't actually know exactly when the match occurred. Uh, Aaron, I, was it Friday night? I, see, it's hard. Wait, with Japan. And oh Saturday, right, yeah. When exactly was it? Right, that's a good point. It, it was Thursday or Friday. It was in the. Um, if you're not aware of it. Uh, New Japan every year does something called the uh, Best of the Super Juniors. It's their version. We talked about the G1 when it was happening mm-hmm. uh, last summer. They do a, you know, almost a World Cup style tournament. They have blocks, uh, it's a round robin, and then it goes into you know the top of each block gets to face each other. They do the same thing with the junior heavyweights. There's a big, you know, half the wrestlers are considered junior heavyweights there. And so they have something called the best of the super juniors every year. In this case, uh, 16 and guys. And no, not to cut you off, but can we all agree that junior heavyweight sounds so much more demeaning and worse than light heavyweight? It does sound weird. I, I mean, I, I hear exactly what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just, it's become such a thing. And like, because if someone named it junior heavyweights right now, yeah, it, it would be bad. The fact that there, there's been such a build of it, like junior heavyweight, it's a prestigious it's a thing. History, in yeah. I hear you. Like, so it's a little better, but yes, I agree. On the outside, it does sound a little bit weird. Today, Junior. <laughs> no, really? Do you not know? Yes, dude. Yes, that's Adam Sandler. No, I know you oh, know. Yeah, I'm looking no, at I, Aaron. Like, had this dumb, uh, dumb face look on him. He's like, oh. Uh, no, dude, I, I know never saw Billy from. Madison. Yeah, yeah Jesus, man. I know it's from. Okay, then why would you look so dumb faced there? You just like completely blank stare at me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's just a blank stare. Oh, Veronica Vaughn. Anyway. So hot. Want to touch touch the the hiney. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Anyway, so they're in the middle of this tournament, and, uh, yeah, they fought. Apparently it takes nothing to throw Aaron off his game. Like, apparently he completely loses a track of where he is in the world. But, um, yeah, the Battle Super Series is awesome. It creates some of the best matches every year, like, you go back, match of the year candidates all throughout, and we had one of those, I guess, Friday, Thursday or Friday. So, so, um, yeah, go ahead. I'm waiting for you to answer. Oh, between Ricochet. Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is a UK wrestler. Right. He's been getting big. He did do a little bit, uh, in TNA in America. He was in Dallas. He was working those Evolve shows. Uh, I got to see him there, but he's, he's taken off and basically. And, and Ricochet, this, you may also know as Prince Puma. Prince Puma. And he's, you know, I, we mentioned who are the five guys we want in WWE. Ricochet was kind of the one guy from the indie circuit I said I really wanted. And these guys really are, as far as this new wave style, this Young Buck style, this, you know, Matt Cross, high on gymnastics, high agility, that sort of style. These are legitimately the two best in the world. Going so at. if you haven't watched the match, you're the one, right? Like if you it's on YouTube now, by the way. They, new Japan. If you is, haven't watched the match, pause it. Pause yeah. this right yeah, now. Yeah, that's smart. Go watch this match because it's going to be one of the better 15 minutes of your day. And then come back and finish. And, yeah, New Japan, with all of the controversy around New Japan, decided to put it up on YouTube. So it's there. Yep, it's there. So you can go watch the match. Um, so this the match, If uh, now, hopefully, you took AJ's advice. You went and watched it. And you came back and you rejoined us here on the podcast. And so you know that the story of the match is essentially it's it's just dancing for the most part it's choreographed it's high flying it's it's in many ways wrestling ballet it's, right it's the two guys who do that best doing what they do best correct That's what it it's, was it's insane spots well choreographed they're doing them sort of opposite each other um 
it, it looks really awesome aesthetically. Aesthetically, it looks super, super cool. The, the controversy came because former, uh, everything star, Vader, Big Van Vader, went to Twitter and responded essentially saying, in professional wrestling, somebody's supposed to be trying to win. In fact, both parties are supposed to be trying to win. And if all you're doing is choreographed dance moves, as cool as it might look, it's not really professional wrestling because it's not accomplishing the singular goal of what you're supposed to be accomplishing in a professional wrestling match, which is you're supposed to be trying to win. Win and beat them up. It's one of his yeah, things he did was, say that. Yeah. Right. But I, I think that any, that part of it, I don't think there's whatever, whatever you feel about it. I do think that as we have this conversation, keep in mind, there's nothing wrong inherently with us all. Can we all accept that that is supposed to be the goal of anyone competing in a wrestling match? That they're supposed to be trying to win or, for example, do what Dolph Ziggler did on uh, Monday night, and you're supposed to be trying to hurt somebody to, you know, right. to make a bigger point, right? Right. It, or can we can we all agree with at least that premise? We can agree with we, yes. whatever. Yeah, we, we can agree with the premise. Uh, you, you disagree on whether or not they were right. Correct. Yes. I just want to yes. I, I, I want to get to that. I just want to agree. That we can all agree to the premise that is in a professional wrestling match, you are supposed to be Un- unless there to win. is unless there is a clear reason. You know, if you're correct. trying to entertain, you're trying to humiliate your opponent. Something, something along, along those lines. Yes. Correct. Exactly. That's that's what I wanted to make sure that we were all on board with. Now, we get to our opinion of the match. And I think all three of us are in our agreement that we loved it, right? It was it was a fantastic match. It, it was a, it was a great match. You know, you can nitpick with I, it, whether in but my yeah. opinion, I I it made me think because I knew that people were saying it was going to be it was the best singles match they've seen this year. I don't watch a lot of other brands other than you know I watch WWE and then I randomly watch big shows and I watch Wrestle Kingdom and I watch big shows of other of other companies. But for the most part, unless it's like a match like this when people are like, you have to watch this, then I'll just only watch WWE. And in my opinion, it's a top five match this year. I would not rank it above Zayn Nakamura. I say top five, I mean singles match only. Um, I wouldn't rank it above, above Zayn Nakamura. I wouldn't rank it above Zayn Owens. Um, I personally wouldn't even rank it above the, the Roman AJ the oh. first time. But he said singles. Oh, singles. singles okay, match. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I think and, I would, I would have put, And the only, only match in the top five I would probably rank it above in my personal top five is the AJ Y2J match from WrestleMania. I think that's the fifth best singles match this year that I've seen. Okay. Um, and it, to me, it's the fourth best match I've seen this year. And it had a lot of moves that I've never seen. And that was really dope too. That's because you will never see it unless it's these specific two guys because they legitimately are the, I think the two best guys who epitomize this style in the world right now. Like, you know, I love a lot of these other guys. I love Matt Cross. I love the Young Bucks, of course. You know, they can't do this. These are the two guys who could do it in the world. And that's what made it so cool was that you were seeing stuff that nobody else in the world could do unless these two guys were in the same ring together. Okay, so the question becomes, where, where, if at all, does it, does it fit with Vader's, com- you know, complaint? I think here's where it does. When they, and, uh, and there's a response, Simultaneously, he's right and he's wrong. Right. There's the one spot that everybody points to, and it's it's the one, you know, we are in a gift-based society. Some people aren't even saying their opinions based on the match, but rather by the gift. The one, you know, when they were going back and forth, they were counting, and then they both did the springboard mm-hmm. into the, the kind of Superman kneel-down pose thing. 
that's where you can say, wait a second, you know, what are they trying to, you know, what are they trying to accomplish with that? In which case, my answer would be, if I'm defending this match, this match, because of the way that it's structured, because this is a this isn't a blood feud between these guys. This is, you know, the best of the super juniors. These are the two two best guys in the world. They are trying to show up one another. So that, in a way, that big taunt right there makes perfect sense in the match if you're trying to defend it that way. Hmm. I, I I see that, and I don't really have a problem with that spot. That spot particularly, um, but I do agree with Vader. That match, like even though it was a great match, it wasn't for my personal taste of how I like to watch wrestling matches and what I like to see in a match. It was entirely too choreographed. Well, you, I think we've we've talked about this before. You, the athleticism, the power, you know. No, they're they're like athletic dudes, and what they did was cool. But it was like it got to a point where they're like it was so choreographed that like. If uh, put it put it in terms like this, the same people that will boo Roman Reigns out of the building for not selling something, <laughs> these guys had over. I counted because I wanted to make this point on the air. They had over twenty no sells in this match. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, right? Because they're, they're just they got to choreograph. It's, they got to do. And, the, and that if I'm criticizing it, rather than the the no sell, I'm pointing to this. It was spot after spot after spot with no real transition in between. It was just here's a move we need to set up for the next right. move. They, and that's, they, didn't, they didn't bother to fight. Right. They didn't bother to get in and scrap and then do and, all that. And the, no the transitions stuff. between. And that's the one thing that if I'm criticizing it, it's for that. It's not the style. It's not the because I think that you know in the terms of flying in the terms of the crazy counters right. and stuff perfectly fine my problem is you need something to get between it's the same problem i have with like uh, the one match that pops into my head uh, the i quit match last year between cena and rusev where they didn't have any transition it was just one move do you want to quit okay next move do you want to quit there was no transition in between there i feel like in a much much faster pace this had the same problem where there was no transition in between moves it was just move Okay, set up for the next. I move, mean, I think move, yeah. I think that's absolutely a, a a legitimate complaint. I think that all these things are relevant. I I think that the problem that I have is that it it has to be black or white, right? Like right. the the notion that it, this either has to be the best thing that we've ever seen or the greatest thing that we've ever seen. I think we can all say we really enjoyed the match, but yet at the same time say, but if we were a booker, you know what I mean? If if we were involved with the company, I would have some complaints along the lines of what what uh, Vader had. I think you could accomplish getting people to talk about your match. I think you can get the internet to buzz without it having to be so absurdly over the top. It was just a dance, right? Like it was just wrestling dancing the entire time. I think you can have a match. The last gripe that I had, it's not really their fault because the arena was kind of quiet and I guess how the way the whole place was mic'd up. Well, no, it's Japan. But you could, yeah, you could literally hear them talking the match out. Hmm. I didn't really even pay attention. I, to that I, I didn't hear that to be honest, but yeah. I, mean, I heard, like I heard them multiple times be like, "Grab my, or, grab my trunks." Interesting. And then he didn't, he didn't hear him, and he said, "Grab my trunks." Interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's not. It's less than desirable. It's not their fault, though, right? But it's, it's. I heard it like four or five different times. I heard it. Okay. Spe- I mean, speaking of the crowd and just the way it was mic'd up, I feel like the way that. I'm just kind of, I would roll my eyes at what Vader said, you know, being so black and white. Obviously, there are some validity to it. The fact that they got a notoriously reserved Japanese crowd to react the way they did shows they're doing something right. Oh, no, dude, I I, I think we're all on board with the notion of this was a good thing. This was, if you had gone to a show, wherever it was, and gotten that, you would have said, yeah. Yeah, I'm all on board for this. But 
inherently within – I think with the, there's something to be said for there are some things that have made pro wrestling work over the years. And we've gotten away from it. We complained about him, right? Uh, uh, JR, in, in when he talks, when he does his tour, one of the things he talks about ad nauseum is selling, right? Like, selling and working a body working part. Working a body part. It's just something that in the history of professional wrestling – has always worked. It's it's part of the the drama of professional wrestling. Is within a match, you pick a body part, you go to work on it. Because if you're trying to figure out a way that if you were to be in this type of match with another human being, how would you go about winning? That is inherently the way to do it. So I do think there are things about professional wrestling that I don't want to see us completely abandon at any level. That we just say it's so important that we look cool or that we hide. And once line. again, there were over 20 no sells. In this match. Meanwhile, if Roman Reigns no sells one time, he well, gets on that, yeah, out correct. of the arena. I, I correct. I'll say, never forgive him for it. Yes. Well, well, part of that is because of the expectations, and right or wrong, there are different expectations for this style of match with these competitors in a super junior, you know, a super juniors match. I there would don't be. give a shit. They no sold twenty times. I said it's a top five singles match. I like the match, but you can't be a person that gets mad, which you have on air, got mad about Roman reigns no selling things and then watch this match and try to say that it's not a big deal that they didn't know they no sold things 20 well, different times well that that's not i mean because again it's different venue it's different types of wrestling it's different things no. that you are no it no that's not true it's, I, it would be like it, going it, it would it would be different if it was a minor difference but if roman reigns no sell something one time or two times well, do, do you think what wwe does is the same as lucha libre times I think That's the, a massive. Difference. I think that AJ's got a point. Well, well, hold on, no, hold on. I do want to ask though. Like Lucha Libre, th- this is this is all stylistically evolving from Lucha Libre, mm-hmm. and Lucha Libre has always been so different from what we get in the U.S. that it, it's a completely different wrestling style all the way together, where you don't necessarily sell as much, or at least you sell very differently. You wouldn't expect. You can criticize. Roman Reigns for trying to do a, in a U.S. promo, in WWE, wrestling the WWE style, and not criticize Ricochet Prince Puma for doing a Lucha Libre match the same way, because it is two completely different styles of wrestling. No sells. Look, I, I would have, again, I would have to go five, back and... Not even ten. Twenty. No. I don't want to hear it. No, and, and look, I, again, I have to go back and rewatch it and see all that because I wasn't watching for that, and I do think it's a relevant point that AJ brings Because up. I started it over. Because I, after about six minutes into the match, I was like, they're not selling anything. Yeah. And I went back, and I started the I, match over, I, and I counted. I and after I, got to, after I got to 20, I just stopped counting. Because I was like, I already got my point I can make. It's over 20. I think there's something to be said for Lucha Libre and that it's almost not wrestling. Right. It's very different like, wrestling. Like it's the, very, very different wrestling. The, when you're watching Lucha Underground, you're watching a, a television program, not necessarily a wrestling show, right? Like that I think that's what they've attempted to accomplish there. I, I still don't know that I would be okay with it. Like if I really sat down and watched Lucha Underground and started thinking about whether or not they were selling, it would probably piss me off. It really would. Because inherently if I'm watching professional wrestling, that is part of what I'm watching for. Is are you give are you building drama for me? Within the course of a match. And a one-on-one match between two human beings, not necessarily two super absurd characters, I, I want a little bit more of you need to sell. You need to, to show me that what's happening is quote-unquote real. 
but and I think that's where this that's honestly what Vader's thinks. Is it wrestling? Is it a different type, or is it completely different? Should we be even calling this professional wrestling? And that's almost what Vader's point was, where he doesn't think this should be called professional wrestling. He thinks it should be called superhero entertainment, basically, which is what it is. It's taking you know guys who are super super agile, who have superpowers, and just beating the crap out of each other, no different than a Marvel movie. Yeah, well, I don't think you can. I don't think you can do that in a, a company called New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, I think that it doesn't work that way. I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm nitpicking here because I liked it, right? Like, I, am, I loved it. Yeah. I, like I said, it was the fourth best singles match I've seen this year in 2016. I'm just saying you can't have it one way for people you like and one way for people that you just gripe about and bitch about all the time. All right, so AJ is obviously still caught up on Roman Reigns, so <laughs> that's what's going on here. No, I, I look, I, I do, I echo the. I think there should be certain standards to professional wrestling. I think if what you're if what you're selling is you're selling professional wrestling, I think there are certain things that you have to meet. And I, I think that in, I just think we're hitting a wave where it's changing so much that, well, I, I prefer, you know, my one of my favorite matches of all time is Brett vs Owen in WrestleMania 10. Like, you know, the polar opposite of what we just got there. That's one of my favorite. At the same time, this is a thing. We are uh, getting it's this. It's not in- hard to pull off crazy choreographed moves but and I'm yet saying that, still sell. But I'm saying that this style, this not lack of selling, this stuff is a wave. This is happening. The but question here's is, the thing. Is it, that doesn't make it good. I'm, and I'm not saying it's, it's good, but is it rest- what we're getting down to the core of here is, what you said, you have to sell for it to be wrestling. And I'm wondering, does I've it... I've seen many Young Buck matches, and I've never seen a match where they didn't sell 20 times. I, they throw 50 super kicks a match, so clearly they're not, you know, like people are not selling. They are notorious well, but, for not... Jim Cornette But a super kick the isn't young, a finishing move to them. Well, nothing I mean, that it, they did was a finisher. It is, but if you do it enough times... Well, nothing it, was a finisher in that match. None of those moves were finishers up until the very end. No, but you're, I'm just saying, you're saying, oh, they did it a bunch of times, so it can't be a uh, Well, I, good, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, the Young Bucks do not sell, they do not pretend to sell, and they don't care. They are saying, we don't need to sell. The Young Bucks have said that, that this is a different way of wrestling, and we are not going to sell as much. Yeah, I, I'm not going to, that's not, if, and if that ultimately transpires to the main card of the WWE, I'm not going to be okay and with it. And it probably won't, because WWE is a specific style. But in the world of pro wrestling, this is a thing now. And what I'm asking is, is it a thing that is should be considered separate from pro wrestling? No, it's not it's considered a, separate from pro it's wrestling. It's a new wave of pro no, wrestling. No, it's just part of pro wrestling. It's, it's part of turning on the card. We'll talk about this a lot. And I, we'll bring it up with Shane Helms when we talk to him. Um, I, when you turn on your card, you're going to get all sorts of different things. Yep. And this is a part of what you're going to get. But you're not going to sell this to me. If you want to put this... On, at WrestleMania in front of a hundred thousand people, uh-uh. I, you you got to sell. You have to do the bare thing, the the bare bottom things that make professional wrestling the the truly great drama that we all believe it to be. It's cool. This is cool. I'm not saying this isn't the old man yells at at the the, the son, right? Like this is. I get it. It's a cool thing, and I like it. But it's cool for what it is here. And and the the storytelling responsibilities that professional wrestlers have, that's part of being a professional wrestler. That's part of trying to sell to a crowd of people. Well, I think they told a story, a, a very different story than we'd normally see. But I think it did tell a story of guys, two guys basically trying to one up each other. I think there was a story there. I think that's wrong when people. Yeah, say I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say that it didn't tell a story. I think it I think it told a great story. 
I think I I agree with Aaron that it was two guys trying to one up each other. That's how I watched the match. But I also have all the same gripes that I already brought up. I just I think that you can't look at it the same as a Roman Reigns match. I, I think that that's what it comes down to is you have to. And and whether you like it or not, like and I'm not saying you have to. that's very convenient for people that like to bitch about Roman Reigns. Look, I, I and, and want to say this is the greatest. The, match there's ever two. Seen. There's two different things going on here. AJ, AJ's fighting about Roman Reigns. Aaron, you're you're trying to have a different argument. I understand where both of you are coming from, and I think there's an, a relevant point to be said about both. My point is sort of touching on both, which is this can exist and be fine, but this could not exist. At the highest level, I, I don't think it will ever exist fully in WWE. Correct. In, in some, you know, in some case, little cases, yeah, you're going, to, you know, you've been you're going to absolutely it, incorporate. You've, you've, been, you've been seeing it with the Cena versus all the indie guy matches. They've tried to at least tone down selling a good amount, if not take out take out of it. But no, you're never going to see this in WWE, and I think that's fine. And it's, I'm not going to, I'll never say I want a night of this versus a night of great storytelling, great selling. Great, you know, power mat things along those lines. I want that, and then throw in one of these types of matches. Throw if if I go show up at a Monday Night Raw and I get or whatever the event is, Ring of Honor, whatever I wherever I go to, if I go show up at a wrestling show and in my three hours that I'm there, four hours, good lord, some of these shows, <laughs> um, I get one match like this. Three or four matches involve great storytelling and great drama within the course great, of the match. Bra- you know, yeah. yeah, something along those lines. I'm going to be happy that I got a little yep. bit of everything. I'm cool Same. with yeah. having a piece of everything. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think this is going – when I say this is a new wave, I don't mean that this is going to completely take over. But I do think that this is – this style of wrestling is not going away. Okay, that's fine. And if it looks cool, I'm going to like it. Yeah. If, I, if, I, if, it, if they can pull it off at the level that these two dudes pulled it off – I'm going to be thrilled with that. But when I've watched John Cena wrestle those matches, what's jumped out at me is he's not selling. It's pissed me off. I mean, it really has. As everybody else was loving the U.S. Open Challenge, I was the guy that was pissed off that John Cena was regularly not selling shit. It just bothered me as a professional wrestling fan. And, you know, I'll nitpick it. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be the way that it goes. It, it didn't look as cool as that. (laughs) That's the other part of it. It didn't look quite as cool as what we saw in New Japan. All right, uh, when we come back in, we're going to talk to Shane Helms, um, and then we're going to do this week's top five, and we're going to talk about bucket list stuff in honor of Cody Rhodes. I'm Glenn, that's Aaron, and that's the main event. AJ Francis, and this is Jobbing Out. Hi, this is Jake the Snake Smith from Baltimore Boxing. Our next event is going to be June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue. I sure hope you guys can check it out. The last bouts were incredible, and these are going to be even better. For tickets, please go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. That's BaltimoreBoxing.com. Get your tickets right away. If you want good seats, VIP is where to be. VIP tables of 10 are $500 or $50 a seat. Ringside reserve seats are $35 or $350 a table. General missions are $25, but we run out of them fast. So if you want them, go to BaltimoreBoxing.com. For those about to rock... Thursday, June 16th at Michael's 8th Avenue in Glen Burnie. Baltimore's best boxing. Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com for tickets. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. 
surcharge-free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge-free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Stay in the fan with a baseball word to the wise O's fans in earshot. Why not plan on coming to the next Orioles Hangout Night at Game Sports Bar? It's a great way to see the O's have some great food and beverages at Game Sports Bar and get to hear Orioles Hangout owner Tony Penty and me talk about the hottest O's topics going into that night's game. Here's the deal. Discounted ticket. Free parking at Game Sports Bar's lot at 1400 Warner Avenue, right next door to the Horseshoe Casino. Make a plan to come out for the next Orioles Hangout Night, which is June 17th, Friday against Toronto. Come out 90 minutes before game time. Let's paint the game sports bar orange starting at 5.30. Visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Hangout for details and to get your tickets for Orioles Hangout Night at Game Sports Bar. Hi, Ken Zales here, KZ, from the PressBox Fantasy Reality Football Show, which you can hear right here on PressBox Radio every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. till noon. Myself, Sarita, the NFL chick, KO, keeping us on the air. It's called The Football Show. We talk all things football, high school football, college football. NFL football, of course, we lean a little bit towards the Ravens, but we'll also talk Baltimore sports and all sports in general. Join us every Sunday, 10 a.m. to noon, on the Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. The Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show, Sunday mornings, 10 to noon, pressboxonline.com slash fantasy. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Back in here, segment number three of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and no main event at the moment. Long story, I think we already explained it to you. It's just, that's the way it goes while AJ's got uh, practice for a few weeks here with the Buccaneers. But in the meantime, opportunity for us to chat with a man who has done just about everything there is to do in the world of professional wrestling and who Aaron might have to admit, like, he's kind of obsessed with. Like, I, I'm definitely a bit of a mark. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He Judges is He is Shane Helms, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Shane, it's Glenn and Aaron back in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this week. Oh, it's my pleasure, man, and uh, thanks for uh, being a fan, buddy. Appreciate Dude, he, <laughs> when he says fan, like, understand, he is dressed up as you on more than one occasion in his life. At least worn the, the light green uh, hurricane shirt up and down <laughs> Bourbon Street during WrestleMania 30. Definitely did that. <laughs> Uh, I, I sold a couple of those shirts, so I'm pretty sure he's not the only one. There we go. See, I'm not alone. I'm telling you. Dude, dude you're still a nerd, so that's just the way that it Well, we're goes. all nerds. We're all that's nerds. Come true. on. That is true. Hey, Shane, we appreciate you taking the time for us, man. There's so much we want to talk about, but I know that you are still um, you know, in, involved in, uh, in TNA and uh, doing stuff with them. I know that this stuff, that, that obviously you've been friends with Matt and Jeff for a long time. Uh, what do you think about the way that Impact ended this week? Um, I mean, it was, it was interesting the way they tried to shot the, you know, the, the way they shot the, that stuff and, you know, played it uh, bit by bit throughout the, throughout the show. Um, 
I think with Matt and Jeff, I think the expectation is that there's some kind of death-defying dive or some some shit in every single altercation. So I, I, I kind of actually found it interesting that you know, I mean, that table probably hurt like hell. Yeah, yeah, uh, that, that's what we took away from it. Uh, it probably hurt like hell, but you know, after the dive off the rafters that Jeff did, um, that was. A, a bit anticlimactic, but at the same time, you know, we got to get away from them guys killing themselves every single time. So, um, you know, Matt's uh, broken character, whatever, is a, is, is a extreme. You know, uh, I guess they've always been extreme, but it's a little out there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I played a character that was pretty out there as well. So, um, you know, they, they're trying for something different, and uh, it's definitely different. How does it end, I guess? It's like, like, what are we building? This guy, you say you're like a die from the rafters or something. I feel like we've seen everything there is to possibly see. Like, I can't fathom what there still is. Well, being as, as sometimes I'm the agent for Jeff's matches, let me assure you, he wants to die from something every damn match. <laughs> All the time. You know, and I'm trying to, like, half the time I'm trying to talk him down. Like, man, I don't, you know, I don't know if we need this every single time, you know, but, uh, it just feels like he has to give something uh, of himself every time, you know. So uh, I understand that of him, and I understand Jeff, and, you know, I know the fans come to expect that. But, you know, the the the, the bad thing about pro wrestling is, you know, we our bodies get destroyed even if you don't have a style like Jeff Hardy. You know, uh, if you don't have a style like any of the high flyers, your body's going to go to shit anyway, much less if you have that style. So I won't, as a friend, I'm trying to, Get him to calm it down just a tad bit, you know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just not jump from the Raptors every match. But uh, I don't know how it ends with them. You know, uh, I was. It's actually going a lot better than I think the WWE uh, feud that they had did. Like fans just really didn't get into that one as much. I don't think. Um, you know, Matt burning down his house, whatever. That was as silly as anything we yeah. I'd ever seen. Um, so at least we're not there yet. As far as burning each other's houses down and killing the dogs and stuff, but um, I, I don't know how it ends. To be honest with you, what's the wildest spot you've had to say, Jeff? No, you're you're not going to do this. This is crazy. What what's the craziest thing you've had to talk him down from? Um, something like uh, he was going to get speared off the stairs into the guardrail, mm. and I just like that's going to like break your head apart. It's either going to break your head, you know, you're going to. Or the guardrails going to fly into the fans, and we hurt them. So I was trying to talk him out of that, you know. Uh, and I, actually, what, what I came up with was that he got speared into the pole off the stairs, which visually actually looked a lot cooler uh, and, uh, you know, a, a bit safer in comparison to what he was going to do. So, um, But like with Jeff, you know, sometimes it's just uh, it's, it's difficult. And then, you know, too, he's, they put him in cage matches and table matches and ladder matches, you know, and uh, – I told creative, I said, hey, if you put Jeff Hardy in those matches, he's jumping off of something. And there's only so much that myself or any agent can do, you know. You know, he is who he is, and that's why, you know, that's why fans love him, and that's why, you know, TNA has him on the roster. So if you put him in those elements, you know, something's going to happen. You know, I talked to Matt a couple years back, and he said that one of the things that he's doing now is trying to talk to young guys about not pushing the limits quite as much and, and saying, hey, look, you know, the amount of risk that you're putting on your body when you're not getting the financial reward for it just yet, that when you're at a lower level and they're not paying you six figures, you know, you're just getting a stipend, it's not worth it. How tough is it for those guys knowing, like, that's what's expected of them? Like, these are, this is Matt and Jeff Hardy we're talking about, 
versus trying to sort of set an example for an entire industry about you know the the smart way to go about taking care of your body. It's, it's actually harder, it seems sometimes when it comes from from us because you know uh, all the stuff that we did in Omega and there's you know YouTube videos of me jumping off of eighteen wheelers. You know I used to be the crazy one. Uh, mm-hmm. Jeff can have that mental now. Um, it's hard <laughs> when we give that advice because kids are going to go, yeah, but you did it, right? And, you know, you made it. Like, yeah, but a bunch of other people did it, and they're just fucked up. Oh, sorry, they're um, you're good. What's the F- we're online? Yeah, we we're online. We're yeah, good. We, we can edit it okay. too. Yeah, we're good. Okay, so there's a bunch of you know, a bunch of other guys that are fucked up at home that didn't make it. You know, don't go by you know the very small minority of you know that's statistically not the way to bet. You know, yeah, we made it, but there was a. A lot of other factors that are involved when somebody actually makes it, you know, not just necessarily jumping off of shit and, you know, risking your body. <laughs> you know, you can watch some of these those death matches and, you know, some of the stuff you see that guy's doing, and they're just, like, killing themselves. And these guys are, like, their bodies are hurt, and they never, you know, on one hand, they got to live their dream for a little while, and, you know, you can't really place a price on that, you know, and I respect that aspect of it. But at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll be 42 in July, you know, and I'm, you know, my body is beat to piss. You know, I would, I'd wish that, you know, I wasn't quite as beat up as, as I am. You know, I, I would wish that. So when we say that to kids, it's kind of like not just including wrestling, but also including your outside health, your outside, you know, a quality of life going forward after wrestling. Because at some point it'll be over, you know, it's over for yeah. everybody. Yeah. You know, and you want to be able to, to like hold your kids and run and chase after them without, you know, falling apart in the backyard. He is Shane Helms, and he joins us here on Jobbing Out as we're talking uh, sort of all things pro wrestling. Uh, Shane, I saw you talking to uh, uh, the guys this week, Ricochet and, and Osprey on Twitter, and I saw you uh, throwing some praise out. I'm sure you've heard uh, a lot of the reaction, uh, positive and negative, towards their match. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Um, but I actually also sort of understood what Vader was saying about, hey, in pro wrestling, it needs to look like somebody's trying to win a match. Um, what did you take away from from their match and 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 sort of the good and the bad right now of, of that style in pro wrestling? I mean, that match was a kung fu movie. You know, that's the best way to describe that match. And every now and then, I like watching a kung fu movie. <laughs> you know? I don't watch kung fu movies all the time, but every now and then, I want to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And shit like that. <laughs> that's what that was. You know, it was... That type of timing and precision, you ain't going to find just anywhere. The athleticism that, that, that those guys have is, is really unique. You know, could they have sold more? Of course. And that will come later because their bodies will really be hurt later. You know, that's, that will come. They, of course, if they would have added a couple of extra minutes of selling on certain things, uh, it would have made the story a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more powerful. But like I said, you know, when I watch a kung fu movie, I never come out of it going, oh, I'm going to use that in a fight. Hmm. You know, hmm. and uh, none of that stuff are you going to see in an actual wrestling match. You know, it's just, that's not the case. But it's fantastic to watch. You know, so uh, I wouldn't want to watch a whole card of that. You know, I would want to. You know, I I like all styles of wrestling. You know, I like to have for a wrestling card to have a bunch of different styles. You know, so. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I thought it was incredible to watch what those guys do. You know, and now I was a high flyer for a long. You know, part of my career. So, I mean, I heard that shit too. I think everybody does. You know, Ray Mysterio heard it. Shawn Michaels heard it. Dynamite Kid, Tiger Mask, everybody on, you know, Flair and Steamboat heard it. Everybody, you know, when you start to change things, when you start to change the, the game and the business, 
the people who wanted it to stay that certain way, they're, they're going to criticize you for it, you know. And so, I mean, I saw Vader do the worst shooting star of all time. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure that that wasn't a spur of the moment thing. You know what I mean? So, um, so, so, so I mean, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes the old guard, you know, and the, the changing of the guard from the old to the new isn't quite as, you know, as comfortable as we would like. And I wish like some of the old guys wouldn't be as bitter, and I wish some of the young guys wouldn't be as disrespectful. You know, uh, that uh, they would actually respect the older guys a little bit more. You know, and maybe. But on social media, man, those short little messages, you know, everybody comes off like a dick anyway yeah. on social media. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of it's lost in translation, you know. But that's, uh, I think, saying that those guys are wrong for going out there and doing that, I don't think you can take, you can draw the line in the sand that deep. You know, uh, it's, it's a form, pro wrestling is an art, and that's the, that's the art that they chose to portray in that match. And, you know, I mean, I think it's fucking incredible. So, you know. I'll, I'll watch those two guys anytime. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you, Do you think that this I mean, is going I've to? I liked Ricochet for a while. You know, I actually had Ricochet booked on an Omega match before uh, uh, Lucha Underground uh, taping had to had to take him off. You know, and I did a couple shows at Willow's Play the last time I was in the UK, and actually he was on the TNA tour the last time we did in the uh, UK. So that guy's you know he's got an incredible future. I didn't really see it as much in the TNA shows because he was kind of reserved. You know, uh, just. You know, there he'd already, I think he'd already signed his New Japan deal, so he kind of knew that these were just, you know, a one-off couple, uh, couple spots here. But I did, um, you know, some indie shows, uh, like with, I can't even remember the name of the company, Southside was one and another company in the UK. And he was more of himself, more of his natural personality came out. And I was like, damn, dude, where were you at the TNA station? <laughs> this is the guy that's going to make money, you know, and, uh, so he, he, both of those guys got an incredible future, so. Be interesting to see where it all goes. Uh, do you think that this is going to be a full, almost a new wave of wrestling? Because it's not just those guys doing it. You have the Bucks doing that style. You got guys like Matt Cross. You got some of, you know, Lucha going farther along that style. Do you think that this is going to be, you know, when we look at it, this is a real new wave in uh, wrestling styles? Uh, I don't think everybody will be going there. You know, um, those two guys, you know. <laughs> It's going to be hard to duplicate what they do. You know, if you got everybody out there doing that, you know, it's going to be, it'll get really redundant really fast. You know, um, I think at the end of the day, you know, what I like, you know, like I said, I like Kung Fu, but at the same time, I'd much rather see somebody get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> you know, that's, that's why MMA is, you know, so popular. That's why boxing is so popular. At the no end doubt. of the day, I want to see somebody get really knocked the fuck out. Yeah, you're getting And if, uh, if, if it starts to look too choreographed and too fake, that does create a disconnect within me. Where, like, okay, I'm just watching, you know, like I say, a kung fu movie again. This isn't, nobody's really going to get hurt. Nobody's really going to get knocked the fuck out, you know. Uh, I, I think the magic in pro wrestling, and I use that word magic specifically, uh, because, you know, we know magic ain't real. When I see a magic show or, you know, whatever, some shit like that, I know that shit ain't real. But when you see a Chris Angel or David Blaine see some of that satanic shit that they do, and you can't understand it or figure out how they did it, you know, I like that feeling. And so I like the feeling of pro wrestling. You know, I know what pro wrestling is. I've been in it my whole life. But when guys can go out there and they're so good at what they do that I can believe it, that I can get lost in it, you know, that's what I like. And that's just Shane Helms' personal. I'm not saying that that's how it has to be every match, but that's what I like. You know, I like getting lost in that moment. You know, uh, you know, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at the at WrestleMania. You know, like a match like that. 
you know, a pretty much any Kurt Angle match. You know, um, I like getting lost in the realism of it where it looks real and you see people. And not that you necessarily have to go out there and do this strong style bullshit where they're just punching each other in the face. But when you go out there and you do the art where, you know, you get lost in it and you believe it, that's what I like. Yeah, I dig that. I, I think I, I think a lot of people would agree with that. And I think that what you're talking about where there's a place for all of it, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's the, the biggest thing that I'm coming away for, which is sort of what I like in any wrestling card, right? Like, I like different styles of matches, and I like some entertainment. I like all of these things. I like a little drama. I, when I tune in to watch wrestling, I don't want the same shit for, for three hours, right? Like, I, I like the yeah. idea that I'm going to get something else that's going to entertain me uh, throughout the course of the card. And I think that's what you're referencing. Yeah, and that's definitely something I try to emphasize as much in the last, you know, the last year that I've been with TNA. And I think TNA, what they're putting on TV is the best overall product. You know, I, I love Ring of Honor, but you're going to get a Ring of Honor style match the, the entire show. You know, same thing with New, with New Japan and the same thing with Lucha, uh, Lucha Underground. And, I, and I'm one of those guys, I still watch everything. And I know what I'm watching, so I, I, you know, I prepare myself for that. But you're going to get that same type of style. I like a little bit of everything, you know, and... And I like a little bit of comedy, you know. I'm not opposed to it. I know, like, some people hated the Joey Ryan thing. That shit I thought was hilarious. I agree. Yeah. Especially especially the company it was done in in Japan, that company is fucking insane. You know, you go to watch that company's show, you're going to see some insane shit, and those fans know that. And sometimes you just have to know your audience. If you go to that particular uh, company in Japan, and uh, forgive me for not knowing the name, but if you go there and you're doing a Tennessee style of wrestling, they might shit on you for that. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you have to know your audience, you know, and and somehow Joey Ryan keeps doing weird shit that keeps getting him over, and uh, is it, like, is it going to give pro wrestling any credibility? Like, no, but I don't think we're really fighting that battle at all anymore in terms of is it real or not. Yeah. I think we know what pro wrestling is, you know, but um, it doesn't bother me to go in there and have, you know, somebody like Grado, who the fans are, you know, for whatever reason, he is so damn over. He's in the Europe. best. He's the best. <laughs> I love Grado. Yeah, me too. And so, like, when people are like, I don't want to watch Grado, I'm like, all right, well, you don't watch him. Then. Watch, you know, I think he's fucking hilarious. Right. No, I'm, I'm on board. Were, were you getting that same sort of criticism that it was heard of when you were doing something like The Hurricane, which was kind of an inherently ridiculous gimmick, but it was so much fun to watch? Do you hear a lot of those same criticisms that you hear now with a Grado or someone like that? I did, I did at first, no doubt, but then I was so good at the comedy that I want to move, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think once, generally once people laugh, you know, you kind of get them like, ah, that shit's stupid, and then I'm making them laugh, and they go, okay, I get it. You know, so, uh, luckily, it, luckily I was good at the comedy aspect, which is hard to do in the world of pro wrestling, you know. This, comedy in any, in any form is such an underrated and uncredited, uh, art form, art, art form, you know, it's, uh, it's really strange, and I, I didn't even realize that myself until I started doing it. Like, man, you don't get no credit for this shit. Now I'm out there, you know, getting just as big as pops as anybody, you know, selling crazy merch, but you never get listed, you know, with the, you know, with the serious guys or the top guys. And like the angry, tough wrestler that gets all the credit, that is the easiest fucking thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is the absolute easiest gimmick and persona to do in this business whatsoever, and that's the one that gets the most credit, the tough guy wrestler. That's the easiest fucking thing to do in this business. I think it's a great point, man. It's it's the argument that I make for, and I don't I don't know how you feel about him, but I think Ron Killings is a Hall of Famer, man. Like I think that dude has everything that he's ever been given in any promotion that he's worked in. He has has worked his ass off to make it funny and 
to, to do everything he possibly can with it. And I think that's why he deserves to be considered one of the great performers of a generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, you know, I love Truth, man. He's like, he, like you said, he's done great with everything he's done and um, stayed employed and, you know, gets good reactions. You know, he gets, uh, he could, some of the spots, if there's a knock against Ryan, he, he's kind of, you know, might need to upgrade the arsenal right in there. Right. You know, right. Um, but that could be said of a lot of people, myself included. But, um, <laughs> you know, just as somebody, you know, I, I've got a great appreciation for people that can make, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, I, I kind of, I was, I was dealt that hand numerous times and I was actually called the chicken salad kid in the locker room for quite a while. <laughs> That's a great nickname. Oh, it's uh, so good. Yeah, they were, you know, the, the hurricane character, you know, when it was, you know, I, got so over that it wouldn't hurt me to lose which is that's a comfortable spot to get in yeah but at the same time creative starts to get lazy with that shit and then i go oh well, we're just you know and they're trying to get other guys over which is of course you know something that we all had to do but then they start getting lazy and go oh well you know let's let's have him beat the hurricane you know because it's not going to hurt hurricane and maybe it'll help this guy get right, right. Well, you can only do that so much before i'm starting to get you, you know, look like a job yeah. So, yeah 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 and so, and I was constantly stuck with the guys coming up from OVW or FCW or whatever fucking uh, developmental thing they had going on at the time. And not all of them were good. Not all of them were ready. But actually, most of them weren't ready. You know, and you got to come up and groom them. So that's how the Chicken Salad Kid came about. That's really good. That's really good. All right, let me let me give you this one more. So I'm sure you've seen that uh, Cody uh, made a checklist of guys yeah. that he wants to face. And so we're gonna do in this final segment our own kind of personal bucket lists of matches that we would want to see, things like that. But give me for you a bucket list, whether it's you as a performer, somebody that you've never worked with that you'd love to work with, or even you as a wrestling fan, just something that you'd like to see. Give me what would be on the bucket list for Shane Helms. You know, past, like anybody dead or alive? Or I, just... Preferably alive. But if you've got somebody that you didn't get a chance to work with that you would have loved to, we'd love to hear about that too. Uh-huh. Because I think if they were dead, I have a better chance of winning. <laughs> <laughs> it would help. It would help. Uh, of the current, like uh, we can go by the companies, you know. Um, and it would, and, uh, and for me too, it would also depend on whether you want Gregory Helms or whether you want Hurricane. Because um, you know the Hurricane would, I like a villain. You know Gregory Helms, I I would I would want to you know go against a good baby face. Yeah. So, but um, if I was uh, in, in TNA right now. Uh, the guys that I haven't faced or would like, I think EC3 is a he is a shining awesome. star in in the in the business. You know, God, he's great. Uh, really good. You know, Eddie Edwards, I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff we've done with DJZ's, he's really coming into his own, and I've had a you know a hand in a lot of what he's been doing. So uh, he's been doing good. As far as uh, WWE, the Wyatts and the Hurricane would be. That would be money. It would be something. <laughs> it would be something. You know, so especially when they were calling out the heroes uh, uh, last year, uh, you you know, doing some promos like that. And I, anytime anybody mentions a hero, you know, my name is mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as the tag team scenario, I wouldn't mind teaming with Neville because they kind of want him to be the superhero no anyway. No doubt. But just, you know, uh, let him go out there and do all his flippy shit. I'll come in and choke slam somebody. We got <laughs> easy, that's easy money right there, kid. Um Let's see, who else? What about a six-man tag with three count against the New Day? That would that would be hysterical. I'm <laughs> doing all the work though. You know, <laughs> Shannon doesn't work anymore. Shannon only works sporadically, so it's all on you. Change, it'd still be exactly like it used to be. 
But that, yeah, that, that would really be funny. You know, uh, those guys have done really great with what, what they've been handed. So um, it's strange. That's a strange gimmick with them because as baby faces, people hated them, and as heels, people love them. So by getting the opposite reaction that they were supposed to get, by actually failing, they have succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the it's first. Strange, it's, it's a strange business. It's a strange uh, business. Time. But uh, other than that, man, I really got lucky that I worked everybody I really wanted to, um, other than Savage. You know, I got to work with Savage on Ready to Rumble, but other than that, I didn't get to work with him as far as wrestling Yeah. in the wrestling industry. But, you know, um, I mean, Flair, Taker, everybody that I really wanted to work out, I got the chance to rock, of course. So That's cool. It'd be hard to yeah. pull a bucket list out of, you know. Um, trying to think with Lucha Underground, you know, I think that Brian Cage kid is going to be fucking amazing, even more so than mm-hmm. he already is. Uh, of course, Ricochet. Uh Sexy star, I, you know, I'll take her in a match. <laughs> <laughs> if she's going to whip my ass, I, that's the ass whipping, I'll just have you to just, take you'll it. Take you'll it. take it. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. You know, Okada, you know, the, the Rainmaker and the Hurricane, I think that'd be a great team. You know, uh, the promos would, would speak for themselves. Um, I'm all about teaming with guys, man. I'm, I'm more of a team player. That's cool, man. You know? That's cool. Um, this is awesome, man. I've I, I really enjoyed chatting. Let's get some, uh, let's get plugs in for sure. Um, I know you're on Twitter at ShaneHelms.com, like ShaneHelms.com, your website, at ShaneHelms.com. Um, yep. The website is ShaneHelms.com, but what what else can we plug? What you got? Sh- I'm assuming shirts somewhere that uh, – that, Yeah. That- everything, my, you know, I kept everything the same the same brand, ShaneHelms.com. So my Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, all that shit is ShaneHelms.com, man. You know, Tumblr, you know, just be careful. Don't have your kids looking at my Tumblr. <laughs> It says not safe for wrestling. That is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got t-shirts and all that shit on ShaneHelms.com. If you guys uh, want those, and I make, you know, I didn't, I don't just sell my old WWE stuff. I'm constantly upgrading the look, upgrading the mask, upgrading the outfit, and stuff like that. So uh, that's it. I don't think I got any Helms Dynasty merch in TNA yet. You know, uh, I'm kind of a proponent that good heels don't sell merch. If you're selling merch and you're a heel, then you're not doing your job. Hmm. Uh, you're just a, you're a tweener then. That's a good point, right? People are supposed yeah. to hate you. They're not supposed to want your shirts. Yeah, you're the tweener. So, um, had that, had that talk with uh, Jericho, uh, not too long ago about my feelings on that and who were the great heels. And actually, most of the guys that we called the great heels were actually great tweeners. You know, the heels, you know, if you watch Silence of the Lambs and you ask people who was the heel, if they say Hannibal Lecter, then they're not understanding that he was the tweener. Right. Buffalo Bill was the heel. He was the guy that we hated and we wanted to get caught. Hannibal Lecter was the most interesting person on the show, on the, on the movie. Wow. He even ended up getting his own show. That's how interesting he was. It's interesting. No, I mean, it, I hear exactly what you're saying, but it's interesting to put it that way. Like, you know, again, you yeah. think of him as a villain, but that, you're right. I mean, he was fascinating. Like, we wanted to know everything there was to know. Yeah, when I do my seminars with kids, too, I always do the Star Wars analogy is the one I go to first. I'll say, who was the hero in Star Wars, the original? If they say Darth Vader, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? People love Darth Vader more than they love Skywalker. He was the coolest character on the show. The Emperor was the mm-hmm. hero. That's who you wanted to get killed. That is a great Vader was the man. Point. You man. wanted to see him kick people's ass. That is a great point. That's really good, dude. That's really good. Um, are you? Do you do you do a podcast as well, Shane? Yeah, I did Highway to Helms for years. You know, I did it back in the day. 
Okay, all right. So that's not, that's not something you still do. All right, very good. Well, we'll make sure everybody goes to shanehelms.com and, again, on yeah, Twitter. Too much work, man. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we yeah, know. My hat's off to you guys for keeping it running however long you've been doing. It's been a while. It's been a minute. Hey, uh, Shane, dude, seriously, this was an awful was lot great. of fun. We really enjoyed chatting with you, brother. We'd love to do it again down the road. Continued uh, great success with you guys and everything you're doing with Impact Wrestling, man. Uh, thank you, man, and, yeah, we'll do it again. Just let me know. Uh, very cool. Appreciate Shane Helms hopping on with us. Aaron, appreciate you trying to keep your nerdisms down I, as much as possible. You, you didn't, you didn't offer to fillet him, which I was, I thought that was a, a big step for you. Hey, they're, they're, hit the bell. He had to, uh, <laughs> had to make that reference. Let's let, uh, AJ Francis rejoin us from down live at, uh, Seamus's house in, uh, Tampa. I apologize that, uh, you weren't able to hang out and chat with, uh, Shane Helms with us, but, uh, Good to have you back in here. If I, if you guys, you guys don't know what kind of, if you guys could have just had him wait 15, 20 more minutes. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to basically be the rock in a promo with him. <laughs> oh God, I would have loved that. Damn it. All right, I'll yell at Shane. I'll yell at the. Oh, hey, he said he'd come back on. He did so, say he would come back on with us in the future, so we will coordinate that to make it happen. As I would love to hear that. All right, um, we're not going to do a quick count this week. Because some of the, you know, the off the reservation stuff has been the stuff that we've we already, already covered. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, instead, we haven't touched on one of the other big stories this week in professional wrestling, which was this this picture that Cody Rhodes sent out that was a uh, checklist, if you will, and it was a checklist of things that he'd like to accomplish now that he is away from the WWE matches that he would like to have, opponents that he would like to have. Do you have the uh, the checklist in front of you? Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right there. Here we go. And it's, he it's has a some great, cool things on it that aren't wrestlers. Like I saw he had a personal ring announcer was yeah, one. Yeah, personal ring announcer. But here, yeah, here's, here's the full list. Adam, Which will probably be his wife. Yeah. Right, probably. Adam Cole would yeah, suck. I mean, yeah, that would be awful. Dalton Castle. That would just be terrible. Bola, this is the one that a lot of people didn't understand. Uh, yeah. Battle of Los Angeles, which is considered the biggest indie tournament of the year. It's the PWG tournament. Oh, okay. Receipt. It's a three-day uh-huh. tournament, usually at the end of August. And coincidentally, it takes place about a week after his 90-day no-compete. Uh, oh, how about that? How about that? <laughs> uh, ends up. So a lot of, a lot of talk there. Kurt Angle, which as we found out, it's already happening. booked yep. in New York. Chris Hero, The Miracle, which is Mike Bennett. Yep. Moose. Pat Buck, this is my favorite, the streamers thing. So he just wants to throw a streamer? No, no, he wants to get he the streamers. Oh, he wants streamers to get streamers at Ring of yes. Honor. Okay, that, that's, that's kind of uh, awesome. Young Bucks, Trevor Lee, Shibata, personal ring announcer, and Roderick Strong. I'd say I'd love to see it's every single one of those It's a pretty freaking great list, man. It's a pretty freaking great list. Um, so it got us to now, thinking. Now, question I had. Yes. Aaron, really quick, count that up. Yeah, how many things are on that? How many, how many matches? I mean, how many matches? So, not, not including the personal ring in that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Eleven, not, if you count the Battle of Los Angeles as not being a match or whatever, but as far as specific opponents, eleven. Quick question I wanted to ask. What do you guys think? And we could ponder on this, and we could make official if we want to make it something. I don't think we have to, but what do you think his record's going to be in those eleven matches? Ooh. I think he goes a minimum of nine and two. See, that's it's interesting because what promotion is he doing them is, in? Is this going to be like, does he sign on with Ring of Honor and gets to face Cole and Castle right. and the Bucks? In which or, case, it would be very different. Or is it just bringing in to wrestle? Right. Like, are, are they, I expect him to win the Kurt Angle match just because it's so. I, I feel like 
you know, it's, it's a one first match thing. out of yeah. WWE. Like that would make a lot of sense to win the angle match. Some of these other guys that are also on their way up. It's a little bit tougher, right? And, like, and it just yeah. depends. Again, I, it, I think he could lose to Moose. Yeah, sure. Tag match, you could easily lose to the Young Bucks. You know, if he yeah, ends up in Japan right. and he's teaming up with whoever, you know, he could easily lose to the Young Bucks. Ricochet. Ricochet's not even on the list. Um, but you no, know, I'm saying that could be oh, his partner. Oh, his partner, yeah. yeah. That'd be oh, that, no. <laughs> that be phenomenal. But, you know, like... He shows up to evolve, and he's facing Chris Hero, and you know it's a one-time thing for Cody, and it's Hero's still there for a while. Then it makes more sense for Hero to win that match. Yeah, like, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it all depends on what sort of circumstances he's going to be uh, in it. I mean, he's going if he has all those matches, he's going to win a lot of them. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's Cody Rhodes. He's Cody Rhodes. he should be winning a lot of those matches. It's yeah. the way it is. He's a he's a legitimate star. All right, it got me to thinking. So it's not really – Cody didn't really label that as like a bucket list, but it, it sort of comes off that way, right? Like these are the things that I want to do now. Um, we're all wrestling fans. What if we put together bucket lists now? It, this can be broad, much like Cody's list was broad, right? Like it's not just here's the match we want to see or here's – anything in your life as a professional wrestling fan that you'd want to see – that you'd want to do, that you'd want to experience, that you just want to hope would happen somewhere, whatever it is, what would be on your list, your bucket list, as a professional wrestling fan? All right? So that's going to be a top five right. this week. For example, I'll start with my number. Oh, no, we always let AJ start number. Damn it, I always keep forgetting that. AJ has to start and finish now. Go ahead, AJ. What's your number five? My number five. Um, I think that people are just assuming that this is going to happen at SummerSlam. And I don't. I'm saying it could happen at SummerSlam, but I think if they do it right, it would involve Dean Ambrose winning Money in the Bank. Right. But they could do the Shield Triple Threat at WrestleMania 33, and the way you do it is you have uh, Dean Ambrose win Money in the Bank, and you have Seth not maybe not always in a feud all the way to Mania. But you have Roman and Seth in the title picture the whole way through. One of them wins World Rumble. One of them's still champ. More than likely, one of them's champ. One of them, more than likely, Rollins is going to win the Royal Rumble because if Roman Reigns wins three times in a row, Jesus Christ, what would people do? <laughs> um, and it, it leaves you leeway if something happens and one of them gets hurt that then you could have Dean Ambrose with the money in the bank and then it could be Dean Ambrose versus whichever one of them is healthy at WrestleMania for the title. So I think that it can be done, and that's what I would love to see. Look, I mean, <laughs> no one's going to complain. We've we've been dying to see it for a long time. But you're saying specifically at WrestleMania, you want to be in yes, the crowd in Orlando for that, right? No, and I and I dig that. All right, Aaron, you're number five. Uh, my number five. This is a place I want to go before, mm-hmm. quite frankly, too long. I want to go to Scotland, and I want to be in the crowd for an ICW show. It, it is nuts, right? Like, that is. You'll you'll see it's, it. It's I, somewhat, I have I have one other traveling yeah, thing. I'm gonna, on the I'm gonna list move a couple as, things just so I can line mine up with you. But um, I like that's something I want to do, and not even that. But I want to do that in the next few years. I want to get out to Scotland and I want to go to an ICW show because that's nothing. That is, I, I don't even want to say it's necessarily the pinnacle of being a wrestling fan, but I feel like I'd have more fun there than any place I'd go as a wrestling okay, fan. Okay, so so when you my number, I'm gonna make it my number five. It was actually a little bit higher on my list. Um, it was actually only my number four. I'm saying a little bit higher. It was a little bit higher, but I'm gonna make it my number five and line it up with yours. The first time you showed me the video oh. <laughs> of Grado's entrance, yeah, 
I thought to myself, as a wrestling fan, you want to be I would die. You want to sing Madonna to as be a opens? part of singing along with goddamn like a prayer as Grado comes to the ring. Yeah, and I, I, I would. The funny part being, I would kind of prefer to do it in America, right? Like that, I would love for there to be some big Grado appearance, whatever it is. But it's a big old room of a bunch of dudes, fat, yeah, a hole wrestling fan dudes singing a Madonna song as Grado walks the ring. I don't know how to explain it. I just think it would be an awesome, awesome moment. Like to me, it would be the first. Is time. Is it living on a prayer or is it a Madonna song? No. Like no, a I prayer. Said, I didn't like say living a on a prayer. I said like a prayer. Oh, oh. Yeah, 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 like a prayer. Um, I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that's a completely different tune. You're a thousand percent right about that. It's a completely different thing. I would kind of want it to be like the first major appearance for Grado. Well, that means WWE, you know what I mean? Like a big event. Like, See, the, the problem is if it was WWE, he couldn't use like a prayer. That's, the, the, that's the issue, right? Like, I don't know how... This is my bucket list, Dick. Saying, I can do what I want saying. to do with my bucket list. My bucket list. You is, say that, but CM Punk got living. Th- this is true. My bucket list is I want to be there for Grado's first huge American moment and singing along with thousands of people to Madonna. I just think it would be a badass wrestling thing to be a part of. And so singing it's like sing Madonna, totally badass. Right? <laughs> Doesn't Madonna just reek a badass? All right, you're number four, sir. My number four, I was actually going to do it, and um, I was all booked up. I hadn't got the tickets yet, but I was probably going to get them through Brett or another connection I had at WWE. Um, and I was going to go to Las Vegas for the weekend um, for Money in the Bank, and I was going to be at a Money in the Bank. I want to go to a Money in the Bank. Huh. To me, but you're not going Money now? in the Bank is just as big as Royal Rumble because Royal Rumble's awesome because you can win it. And it's always been my Mania. favorite. But if you win Money in the Bank, you could be involved at Mania, like Seth Rollins did. You can be involved literally anywhere at any time. So I like Money in the Bank. I wanted to go. Only reason I'm not going anymore is because my buddy decided that his bachelor party was going to be that weekend in Miami. Oh, what a so, dick. What a dick. I got to go to that. Oh, yeah. And it sounds terrible, just awful. for the record. Just I think you're going to hate. You're awful. just going to have an awful time. Well, glad, glad I didn't change my plans to go out today. I, I, like, that was the most Asian thing ever. Hey, Vegas, oh, I know. money I know, in the right? bank. He definitely, he definitely said that. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen for me. All right, Aaron, you're number four. Uh, my number four is an interesting one because it's something that I've never really gotten to do as a fan. And it's something that I feel like we can do with this specific person. I got to see Leo Rush's first ever match with MCW. I got to see the graduation ceremony. I got to see his first ever match. The moment he steps foot in WWE you and gets to that, that, I want. Well, even if I'm not there, I can't wait to see that moment. Like to be able to say I saw him from literally day one, and he is now at this spot in his life. I just think that would be the coolest feeling ever to be able yeah, it wouldn't to suck. Uh, to be able to say that. And I. I I think it's going to happen. I can't wait for it to happen. No, it, it, I mean, it wouldn't suck. My number four is a little more generic. Uh, my number four is just something that I've I've never done. Uh, I assume, AJ, you've probably done it. I know, Aaron, I, almost certainly you haven't. Um, I have never taken a bump. And as as a wrestling fan, like, I've tried to do it, you know, like, kind of on my own, right? Like, and I've just never done it. I've never taken a bump. And it's so funny to watch people try to do it for the first time. And they're failing, and I just know I'd be one of those guys. So I would just like to be in a situation where I get an opportunity to take a bump, have to have to handle it. I don't know what the that, scenario that relates was. to my number one overall. Okay, but well, for me, number four is to just take a bump. That's all I want to do. 
Number three. Um, number three. It's you know I'm I am a as far as wrestling fans go, I'm a more famous wrestling fan than most people just because <laughs> I play football. Listen to no, you. No, 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 no. It's just the truth. But what I'm saying is, I'm not really a famous person. Because famous people that are wrestling fans get to go backstage at Mania. And my goal is to one day be so famous that I tell WWE that I want to be backstage okay. at WrestleMania. Okay. And they oblige. Yeah, I All dig right. that. I dig that, right? Like, that, it, it is crazy how many people are just sort of like hanging around, right? It's, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being a part of that. That would be, I mean, I, I don't have any opportunity yeah. to, right? Like, at least, at least, uh, until Asian. we have the number one, one wrestling That is true, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, where Peter it's, Rosenberg it's, can go there, so maybe. That's a fair point, right? Like, that's a fair point. No, it would be amazing. There's no question about that. All right, uh, your number three? Uh, my number three. Mine's another travel thing. Mine's a bucket list destination. And I haven't quite decided, but it's one of these two things. I want to go to Japan. I want to see yeah. Japan. Either Wrestle Kingdom, well, that's the obvious one. Wrestle Kingdom at the Tokyo Dome. That'd be awesome. The other one would be just for the historic venue, Corican Hall, the sumo hall there, which is kind of... Is the, that where they did the thing last year? I, it was one of the... I, I think they did the the Ryaken Hall, okay. and that this is Corican. Corican's like the really big, famous sumo hall that has the big wrestling matches. So I, I'd lean towards there, but I'm not saying no to Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome either. But I, I mean, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it sounds I don't, absolutely I don't know how, how you could ever have a good time doing something like that. No, it but... It sounds uh, miserable. Yeah, as far as destination trips go, like going out to Japan, seeing a New Japan show is the top of my list as far as that goes. My number three. Um, I actually should have put this higher on the list now that I think about it, but uh, do you remember your first beer? Like, yes. Like really your first beer. I'm not saying like the first time you sipped beer. I mean like the first time you really sat down and had a beer. How old were you? I was uh, 20. Okay. All right. Uh, I was, I think I was 15 or 16. Okay, I was 16. Yeah, true 16 true 16. story, hold yeah. on, before you get to what you're about to say, true story, Aaron Oster, the person we are talking to right now, bought me my first ever beer that no shit. someone bought for me. No shit, that's pretty funny. That's I didn't know that because I didn't I, drink beer because I only started drinking when I turned 20. Well, and, well now here's, and, and this is funny and to bring that up. You remember the first time I ever went to Raw with you? Uh, I offered to buy you a beer, and you were like, dude, I don't know if I can. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to. Like, because yeah. at the time, I was still kind of covering the team a little bit, right? right? Like, a li- not really at that point, but kind of a little bit because I was on the radio. And you were like, I, I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah, I just I do don't know. That. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, but, like, it was, like, as I only drank liquor at the time, and it was funny because that's just fun. I just remembered that right now when you were talking about that. Well, I remember uh, my first beer, and I remember that it, I didn't get ten beers in before the first time I had my best friend, Chris Morris, tap beers with me, and then we poured them all over each other. Okay. I didn't wait ten beers in my life to do that for the first time. <laughs> so number three on my list is to tap beers and pour beers all over each other with Stone, with Stone Cold. Cold Steve Austin. That, yeah, that would be awesome. awesome. Yeah. That Man. is, the more I think about it, that, I am really pissed off that I left it at number three on my list, because yeah. like, the more I talk to myself about it, it is truly number one. But yeah. the opportunity to just, just I, I'm telling you, as a beer drinker, like I, I, I drank some, some fruity, girly shit when I was like 14, 15, right? But the first time I ever sat down and had a beer, I did not get ten beers into my life. Before the first time I looked at my buddy Chris, we had a, you know, a 
18 of, of something shitty, right? And I yeah. just said, dude, you know what we should do? Let's put a tarp down and let's, you know, blah, and then we just pour beers all over each other, right? Like, because I'm a wrestling fan. In, in my heart, it's what I do. And an opportunity to do something like that with Stone Cold Steve Austin. When the Orioles won the game in Texas a few years mm-hmm. ago, I put on my Facebook page that if anyone wanted to show up at my house, I would crack a beer with them and we would pour it on each other's heads. There we go. And sure enough, a guy, a buddy of mine named Cotter showed up at my house that night That's awesome. when the Orioles won that playoff game in Texas, and we filmed it. We cracked beers and we poured beers over well, each other. You other's said heads. you were going to do that with Sam if uh, Maryland had beaten. Oh yeah, yeah. right. If Mar- yeah, and I would have if Maryland yep. had beaten uh, Kansas in the NCAA tournament. I thousand percent that night would have driven up to Philadelphia, cracked a beer with Sam Angel, and poured it all over his head because yep. it's one of my favorite things in the world. So the opportunity to do that with Stone Cold would just be yeah. ev- everything okay. to me. So it's number three. Uh, my number two, and this is not, finally, it's not an event. It's something actually like booking wrestling related. I want another sexual chocolate run. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is one of the best gimmicks ever created in the history of wrestling. And if even though it's a PG era, I think it could still be done. It would have to be completely different, but it could definitely still be done. It would have to be a lot more innuendo and less actual videos of him in bed with women. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it could be done, and I think it would be the perfect way for Mark Henry to get one more elevation back up the card to matter again before he goes on his final descent. I mean, trust me, I'm not going to hate it. right? Like It's going to be pretty freaking great. Uh, Aaron? Uh, my number two, uh, this is gonna come to no surprise to anybody, I wanna be in the crowd, in attendance, when and if Sami Zayn actually wins the world title. Okay. I, I want to be, if, if there's a, you know, he's going to win here, if we can feel that happening, I will fly out and I will be there. I want to be there for that moment because that'll just be an absolutely awesome moment. Alright, my number two, I, I already know I'm setting myself up for disappointment, right? But the last couple of years, I have had this idea that at WrestleMania, they try to recreate the greatness of TLC. And with the same guys, obviously, except for Edge, Christian would have somebody like Rob Van Dam or somebody like well, that. Christian's out now, too. So. Well, Christian, I know, is out as a performer. Hardy's yes. aren't in the company either. Well, they can true. bring the guy back for a match. I'm saying the Edge is right, the only right, one right. that can't, can't wrestle. That, right, okay. Right? But I have always wanted to have one more final, get all as many of these guys as you can, in one ring together, because what truly made me a wrestling fan again in my life was TLC, was Edge and Christian, was the Dudley Boys, was the Hardy Boys. It truly was what, I mean, I was in on The Rock, and I was in on, like I've said before, that Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle were my favorite wrestlers, but what really captivated me again as a wrestling fan was TLC. So an opportunity to get one final place for as many of those guys as possible to climb into a ring together and to do that one more time at WrestleMania would be something that would be selfishly something I cared about a great deal. So a, a TLC reunion is my number two. We have to go around to your number one again. All right, so I start with my number one, correct. My number one. Um, I like, When we were at Raw last Monday, it was so cool to be there when Enzo came back out, right? It was just an awesome moment. The place went freaking bananas we didn't know it was coming it was great it's still somebody that was only gone for three weeks right right 
I've always wanted to be in the crowd for a genuine surprise. A genuine, holy shit, oh my God type of moment. Clearly the people in Detroit were able to do that this year with Shane McMahon. It we was, sort of got it in Baltimore with Jake the Snake. Yeah, but it wasn't. It's it No, was we got not. it in Philly for the Royal Rumble because of the guy, like the guys they brought back. But, yeah, and, and but Royal Rumble's not a surprise yeah, Royal, because we expect you something. You expect something. That, That's true. That is yeah. also true. I want to be there a night where I don't know what the circumstance is. I don't know who's in the ring at the time. I don't know what's going on. Like The Undertaker last year showing up in the yeah, Rollins. but even that was sort of a measured. Okay. I'm saying when it's... it's happened to me once. Wait, who, who was it? I was at a SmackDown in Miami. And the very first thing that happened when the show went well went to change from superstars or whatever they were filming, and went to SmackDown, the very first thing you heard was, was "If you smell, if you smell, yeah, right." What and the Rock is cooking, yeah, yeah. And I would absolutely ape shit, right? Crazy. Well, and that's I'm saying when it's CM Punk, when it's. Guys who hasn't it's, been a, yeah. it's the next opportunity. And he's actually returning, returning. For a genuine, a holy shit, oh my god, piss your I pants. I thought you'd say Kurt Angle. Look, I would love for it to be Kurt Angle because you know I'm a Kurt Angle guy, but at this point, if Kurt Angle were to return, it, yeah, you know what, it would still work. It would still work. It would still it, be it, a As long as it was a genuine surprise and right. not, you know, we, guys, we know he signed guys, with it. Guys, yeah. guys, what if what if Rusev holds the U.S. title and it was Kurt Angle Mania, and Kurt Angle God returns damn it. at the pay-per-view before Mania? God, now, now I'm just, <laughs> Jesus, I need a rag. Somebody get me a rag. I need a rag. Sorry, no, it would be amazing. But no, CM Punk is my answer because I feel like it's the next great, holy shit, oh my God, goosebumps. You know, we didn't know. We don't know if this is ever going to happen again. As long as it's a, we in, don't, we, you know, not a right, sting situation right, where, he where it's been rumored, before, where it's been absolutely. Yeah, I right. want to be there to be in the crowd when the holy shit, I can't. That Shawn Michaels coming out to be a part of the NWO. You know what I mean? Like the when Kevin Nash said, "I really hope you're ready." You know what I mean? Like, and it really was. Oh my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. That's what I want to be That's there for. That's actually how it kind of did happen when Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley and Stone Cold came out at Mania. Like, you did know that there were going to be, like, some old guys come back, but, like, when Shawn know. Michaels came out in his wrestling but gear, I, I, I still think it's got to be somebody that's. Yeah. You, you, you knew people were. Like, you knew that it was going to be three legends who were coming out. You just didn't know exactly well, what and, and I think my other point would be. Like, it's at Raw, right? It's on a night where there's... Yeah. You bought your ticket, you were... WrestleMania, you, get, you expect something yeah, weird to happen. You just don't... You have no reason to think that something, oh my God, holy F, I'm going to remember this forever, might happen. The people that showed up in Detroit that night when Shane McMahon came out had no idea, no clue, they were going to hear, here comes the money hit. Yeah. They had no idea they were going to be part of that moment. That's what I'm talking about. Like, the... Yeah, true. Yeah. You just bought a ticket for a wrestling show... If it was good, cool. If it wasn't, whatever. You just bought a ticket for a wrestling show. Yeah. Being there that night, getting a, oh my fucking God type of moment. Yeah. Then CM Punk was the one that I said because it seems like the most logical, you know, one that could happen in the next five years. Yeah. Aaron, uh, you're number my, one. My number one. I said it, it kind of built off of yours. You want to take up on that one time. At some point in my life, I want to, in an official role, you know, I want to be in a ring, in, whether it's a ref, whether it's a... It's probably not going to be as a wrestler. Probably not. But, you know, <laughs> I want the, you know, I want to, you know, 
go down the ramp. I want to slide into the ring. I want to do, you know, all of that stuff. I want to be in the ring in some sort of an official capacity at some point. I think that's, you know, every wrestling's fan dream at some point in their life to be able to do that. And that's, you know, forever will be my number one until I get it done. I hear you. All right. Aaron, just so you know, building off of that, my number one, as you all know, I, I I have a good build that I think I could be a great wrestler if I ever decided. I've to never heard that, that before from you. Say it's so surprised. Thought you wanted to go to the ballet when you were done. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, the even especially if Bret Hart said he's going to train me if I ever did want to. So that's kind of awesome. But I want to have a Mania match versus The Rock. That would be what I would. This is a bucket list. This is a bucket list. That is true. I don't true. give a shit if I never win the World Heavyweight Championship at any point in my career. If I have a Mania match versus The Rock, my life is complete. I mean, it'd be any, Roman Reigns' life is complete at that point if he has a match with The Rock. Yeah, it would be the greatest. I'd probably, but, but if I were you... Building off what you said, though, Aaron, I have a role for you if I ever do become a wrestler. Oh, look at you. Yeah, look at yeah. You. Because... My role, your role for me is you would be my accountant because I would just be a big money spending pro athlete. That would be my gimmick. As, as we've seen with Brock Lesnar, every big guy needs a small Jew to uh, be behind, <laughs> beside him. And I would literally, you would have one line, Aaron, because I'm a, I'd be able to work the mic myself. I'm not Brock Lesnar. But I would say to you, Aaron, or whatever your screen name is. Right. Let's just say it's Aaron. Aaron, how's the money looking? And then I would hand you the mic and you would say, good. <laughs> and you would be so over. I love that. that just, I, yeah. get a, I get a shirt with this is good on it in green writing. <laughs> uh, question. Do you need somebody who just jerks off in the back of the room? Uh, no. I think no? Rolls pretty no? Good. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I just wanted to offer my services. <laughs> if you would need somebody to fill that role. Well, you never know what storylines will be like. By yeah, that right. No doubt. No. All right, very good. That's our uh, top five for this week. All right, uh, AJ, you are on Twitter at AJ Francis four one zero. Let us give a huge shout out. Your boy Steve Miggs is nominated Hall of Fame for the National Radio Hall of Fame. Yeah. Holy shit! Holy shit! Now he's got some tough competition. Um, I believe, however. People can vote uh, for the the Hall of Fame. If you can vote, go vote for Mix. No freaking doubt, dude. I mean, that is unbelievable. It's now it's it's the show. Let me make sure I make it clear. It's yes. not just our boy Mix. It's the BJ and Mix. It's the BJ show. and Mix show, and uh, that's that's incredible. I mean, I, I don't care if it what it is, just with the amount of radio morning shows out there. That's that unbelievable, even, dude. It's it's unfathomable. I think me. it's more likely that I get in uh, the ring than anything like that happens. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Yeah, they are nominated for active local slash regional show. That's a show that's been together for 10 years or more. They're against some stiff competition like Preston and Steve up in Philadelphia who have been just, you know, rock stars for forever. But it's just being nominated is unreal to begin with. Uh, go support our uh, radiohof.org 
is the website to find out more. Support our boy Migs, who has been so good to us, and uh, that's that's just incredible, He's dude. He's a fucking man. Yeah, no freaking doubt, man. No freaking doubt. All right, uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. Uh, the Aoster. We're on Twitter. Jobbing Out Show. And our Gmail is? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And what do you have coming up, Baltimore Sun Rolling Stone? Um, neither Baltimore Sun or Rolling Stone, but I do need to plug. I'm going to be at Awesome Comics oh, right. weekend yeah. down in D.C. It's going to be really cool. Some cool people are going to be there. Will Friedel, of course. I'm so. Who I know you're excited about. Uh, but also, if you were doing a panel with him, I'd kill you. I'm not doing a panel with him. However, on Sunday at 12.15, I will be sitting down and doing a panel with the one and only WWE Hall of Famer, Ron Simmons. That's pretty good. That's Sunday on Saturday. One. First, you mean the first ever African-American world champion. Indeed. That's right. First recognized, at least. Why? Well, yeah. <laughs> the man who can say more in one word than anyone can so say in anything. I'm also uh, 145 on Saturday doing something called Awesome Mania 4. It's just a big wrestling panel. I'm going to be nice. one of the guys on it. So uh, come check it out. Also, Adam West and Burt Ward are there. Hey, uh, Malcolm Merlin from Arrow is going to be there. A lot of uh, cool people from nope. all those shows. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, it'll be an awesome time. Friday, Saturday, their web, Sunday. Their awesome website? Awesomecon.com. There's awesome. a hyphen between awesome and con. It's going to be DC Convention Center all weekend long. Go check it out. Very cool. All right. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. My website, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to Shane Helms for joining us this week. Please continue to spread the word about the show. Hey, uh, Scott Hall, I believe, is just confirmed for next week's show. So uh, that's, uh, that's very exciting for all of us. That's Maryland native Scott Hall, by the way. As we just learned recently. All right, so for uh, Aaron and for the main event, AJ Francis, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I am Glenn Clark, and this has been Jobbing Out. Yo! Do the thing! AJ! Jobbing Out! (laughs)